For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. That's why the star that's why the star this morning says, Freeze, you're under a vest. Plus jumpers, hats, big coat, terminals, whatever else uh, will keep you warm. Uh, temperature set to plummet. Freeze, you're under a vest. I love those kind of headlines, don't you? Um, very seriously and very sadly. More on this in a few minutes' time with Barry Roach from the Irish Times. The discovery of a body in a house in Mallow at the weekend. Well, at the start of the weekend on Friday. There was, I believe, an inspection being done uh, by council staff. Now, all of the papers carry it uh, and have been over the weekend. The Echo Hazardance front page this morning, house where body found wasn't actually owned by the council. A post-mortem examination has ruled out foul play into the death of the man. Neighbours had believed that it possibly could be a man who they thought had left the area uh, many years ago. They believe um, that it may well have been a reclusive man who lived at the cottage and who it had been presumed had moved away from the area many years ago uh, I won't say much more about it than that I mean some some part of that indication is the fact that when they looked in the fridge they found uh, some perishables in the fridge including uh, butter apparently from with a best before date of 2001 apparently a container of butter um, and that's suggesting that the person may well have passed away and been dead in the house for a period of upwards of 20 years. It's so sad and that's why it is so right to say um, that you know condolences go out to his family uh, as soon as that can be identified the family and relations of the man so more, more about that in, in a few minutes time uh, you know how we have all sorts of chaos on Lee said when it comes to uh, you know, traffic, and I'm not necessarily just talking about Dunkettle. I'm assuming that'll iron itself out in time, but certainly the city. Uh, we got more and more bicycle lanes now. We got wider and wider footpaths. We have uh, more access now for bicycles and buses than any other mode of transport. Um, and I see in the front of the Echo this morning that Dermot O'Leary, himself a Cork man, so he's got skin in the game when it comes to Cork. He's the general secretary of the NBRU, the National Bus and Rail Union. He's saying, and this isn't for the first time that they're talking about some kind of assistance like Lewis on wheels for Cork rather than, you know, having to dig up all of the streets yet again to put down track. Why would we need track when you could have exactly the same except without track but wheels instead? So that's a front page of making the the echo today. And and meanwhile, it's interesting because, um, you know, when the economy reopened, it also meant that, you know, if the economy started to boom and kickstart and chug along again and, you know, get up a couple of gears, it also meant that offences and thefts and burglaries would also be on the increase. And that's exactly what's happened. According to the echo today, we hear from the latest, this is Friday's meeting of the Joint Policing Committee, where they talk about a surge in crime like thefts and like public order offences, largely due to the reopening uh, of the economy. Um, And I wonder if that was the case as well as to why Cork has just, you know, got more and more problems with litter and dirt um, as much as it does with antisocial behaviour or burglary or what have you. And I was telling you last week of the survey that came out, the Eyebell survey, that had, you know, Mahan as being seriously littered. You couldn't get worse than seriously littered, and Mahan, unfortunately, is in that category. But just ahead of it, littered Cork City Centre. So, pretty mortifying for us, Lee said. But I see, at the back end of last week, that the Lord Mayor Deirdre Ford pushed back against the survey, saying it actually doesn't reflect the hard work and dedication of City Council's street sweeping crews who work outside in all weather seven days a week from early morning to late in the evening. And that's a fair comment to make. Uh, She does go on to say that it's only a snapshot in time of selected areas. But 
it, it is, it's the benchmark that we use for checking on litter all over the country. So I don't know if that part of her pushback actually holds any water. But she certainly is right because this is nothing to do uh, with lack of uh, council staff doing great work because they do. This has all to do with people who litter um, and people who just don't give a damn. And for whatever reason, ignorance, I would imagine, they think it's okay to just throw their junk away. And you're not just talking about, say, for instance, cans or bottles or plastic or fag butts. You can be anything and everything, including, you know, household appliances and stuff like that. So that's an interesting one. Um, The man who holds an Irish passport who lost his life on board the Nepal airplane disaster, that crash... uh, the, the 68 people is what I'm looking in the papers this morning. 72 passengers and crew on board the flight, and they know at least 68 people were killed. But the Irish passenger, who's missing, sadly, still, following the plane crash, because it broke up, um, has been named as Ruan Callum Crichton. He's travelling on an Irish passport, uh, and that uh, is a part of the story that doesn't make the papers this morning. But they do say Irish man is killed in jet horror as scores die you know the way it is now with people with, with mobile phones and what have you, and there's some amount of mobile phone footage of the aeroplane struggling in the sky and spinning and weaving and, and things like that. It's awfully, awfully sad, the story out of Nepal. Uh, back here again, um, you know, we had a huge big boom that led to the Celtic Tiger, and much of it was to do with property and property developers and banks giving away free money and Anglo-Irish and all this stuff. Uh, the Mail this morning is talking about division within government regarding the possibility that developers might get more tax breaks in an effort to get them building, you know, get them building, uh, whether it's apartments or whether it's, uh, you know, um, housing estates or whatever the case may be. Um, So not everybody's on board with this, that they should get very, very generous and attractive tax breaks. It's a front pager making the mail today. And at the same time, of course, you've got Pascal Donoghue, the Minister for Public Expenditure. Um, He probably wishes he had a different portfolio than public expenditure when he himself is under the spotlight with regards to undeclared election expenses as to people who put up and took down posters for them and what van they used and how much it cost and the fact that it wasn't declared. Um, The problems within our health system of course continue, nothing changes in the hospitals but more and more medicines now are in short supply. One stage last week it was about 180, it has now risen to about 224 225 perhaps medicines that normally would be on our shelves are either in short supply or not available at all. And talking about short supply, well money is to one in three who are now struggling to get by every single day according to the star today. One in three Irish people are struggling just to make ends meet. They're stretched and they're stretched and they're stretched and you can only stretch so far. And that's possibly why the independent says that because of the cost of living living effect, many people now will start looking for extra work over time, in some cases, second jobs. One of the first things that they'll do is they'll look, people will look at uh, how can I cut back? What don't I need? You know, what kind of luxuries or extras have I got? So that could be Netflix. It could be Sky. It could be, unfortunately, house insurance. Unfortunately, maybe health insurance. Or getting rid of their gym membership, stuff like that. So it's a rather depressing story, making the independent. But the flip of that is those that just had enough of it. It's an excellent story, making the Independent from Kira O'Loughlin who at one stage up to recently was standing um, in an old cold flat she was doing a viewing because she was looking for somewhere to live above in, above in Dublin so she was standing in an old cold flat 
where she was being asked for €1,950 a month. And it was at that point, an old, cold, damp old flat, two grand a month, she made the snap decision to move to Australia, applied for the visa the very next day. She says that uh, the grass is much greener on the other side, as opposed to Leo Varadkar. I think it's almost like an open letter to Leo, who recently said the grass isn't always greener. I may well come back to this later, but it's a lovely double pager together with photographs and, you know, her leaving, settling down, viewing for apartments, getting work, salaries significantly higher. Apparently, she gives an example. The teachers in Australia are earning 35% more a year compared with Ireland. And nurses are getting at least 12% extra and all sorts of little bonuses and, uh, you know, um, incentives to go over in the first place. So that's people from Ireland leaving. What about people coming to Ireland, including refugees from Ukraine? The Irish Times this morning is saying that the Minister of State for Integration, Joe O'Brien, says that he wants a pathway to permanency. And this pathway to permanency should apply to the tens of thousands of Ukrainians, which would clear a way for them to apply for citizenship or long-term residency where they would be able to stay. Now, I don't know whether the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. People had thought that, you know, this would be a temporary solution. Of course, the war has gone on an awful lot longer than anybody had suggested. But this is the first time that I've seen a story saying, well, uh, perhaps we should ask and allow Ukrainians to stay here and give them citizenship. So things are bad enough as it is with regards to public services. I mean... Maybe they've got some magic plan of fixing it. There's also endless problems here with regards to accommodation where people are going to live long term if Ukrainians decide that, yeah, it's a good idea. I would like citizenship and I would like to stay. Uh, it's a lovely story in the sun this morning. I'd love to find anybody who's anyway close to the age of a man over in County Leitrim, uh, Michael Coyne, uh, who is 106 years old and at the weekend celebrated his birthday with the Jameson whiskey. Anybody anywhere near that kind of age here on Side? But whiskey is interesting because it's, you'll get no money in the bank now. I mean, slow Slowly but surely, interest rates might creep up ever so slowly for deposits, but they're stubbornly low. So how can you make money? Well, you can make money uh, not by putting it in a bank or taking out a pension or doing any, putting it under mattresses. Nothing will happen there from the potential to be robbed. But you could buy whiskey or indeed you could invest in stamps. Not one euro twenty-five stamps now, rare stamps. So the Independent, oh, sorry, the English Times this morning says the big money makers, right, could even be in your home. So you got rare whiskey. They say wine as well. Whiskey's a great one to invest in. Uh, you got to give it ten or fifteen years to get the return. But just go take a look around. You might have somebody's old stamp collection at home. There could be something in there within those stamps. You get them checked. That could be worth huge money. Um, but very interesting, what caught my attention is trainers, runners, sneakers, rubber dollies. Like, for instance, a pair of special edition Air Jordan basketball boots. Um, they could, you know, if somebody wanted to buy a pair of those now, for instance... £23,900 a pair of them recently sold for. So you'd never know what kind of designer gear you might have. But anyway, I digress. Lego. There's huge money in Lego, particularly anything to do with Star Wars or Harry Potter. Um, Even better if it's still in the box, untouched. So Lego, apparently, um, a much better business option uh, with regards to, um, you know, 
Yeah, just go check it out. You never know, it might be at home. I mean, think about it. You might come on, get a good surprise today, put you in good form, because today is Blue Monday. Really, it isn't, but they're saying it is. Um, and it's supposed to be the most depressing day of the year. It's a long month, and they give all sorts of reasons as to why it is the most depressing day of the year. But to be quite honest with you, it will be if you wish it to be, you know. Um, and I will come back to this a little later on this morning. Perhaps you have the blues today because you've been told you have to have the blues today. Uh, but apparently, on top of all of that, this is also officially the day that most people will give up their New Year's resolution. Today is the day that most people fail. So I've planted the seed of failure in you now. My apologies for that. The Neil Prendeville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Your thoughts are welcome on that Blue Monday, whether you buy into it or not. They say that some years ago it was just a PR stunt that was started by a, a travel company to get people to book more summer holidays in January. And it took off from there. I don't know if there's any actual official algorithm to back it up. But anyway, Blue Monday, your thoughts. Text 0868104106. I'm going to go straight to the story out of Mallow. Uh, Barry Road, Southern Correspondent. Uh, from the Irish Times, broke the story on uh, Friday online. And, of course, it made all of the newspapers over the weekend. It's very, very tragic. It looks as if this stage dental records and DNA profiling might well be needed to identify the skeletal remains of a man found boarded up in the derelict house in Mallow in North Cork at the weekend. And I'm reading from Barry Roach's copy in the Irish Times this morning. He joins me by phone. Barry, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you doing? Firstly, it's very sad and it's very tragic. And when the man is identified, of course, for family members and friends, our thoughts are with them. But what do you know about the story and and about the house and the property and the reason that it was checked out recently? Yeah, as you say, a very tragic, sad story, but also very bizarre, baffling, perplexing one, I suppose. What we know at this stage is that um, houses in... Beecher Street in Mallow and just for listeners who may not be familiar with it you're heading from Cork to Limerick Cork, Cork to Charleville you go through the horse around the boat there um, where you can turn off for uh, the race course continue through that you come to the next roundabout about maybe another two or three hundred yards further on and take a right there and brings you back into Mallow town it's before all the garages and the supermax there on the left hand side so it's that road or street on the right hand side very old sort of settled residential area primarily a couple of businesses there that's where he was found he was found around midday on Friday we understand that the background to it was that and I'm not clear on this now who actually owned the house but Cork County Council had served a compulsory purchase order on the property recently and some workmen were going there, council workmen were going in to basically block up uh, sewers and toilet holes, entrances to it because there was a problem with rodent infestation. <laughs> and neighbours had complained because I think there may be a shared attic space. So they were in there, uh, two council workers from Mallow and uh, the house was boarded up and uh, they made this very grim discovery where they found the skeletal remains of a man in a bed in the small uh, single-storey house. They contacted the Gardaí cordoned off the scene, uh, units of the county fire service. My understanding is they actually gathered together the remains and they were brought to Cork University Hospital, the morgue there, where assistant state pathologist Dr. Margaret Bolster carried out a PM on Saturday. Uh, sorry, the body was found or the remains were found around midday on Friday. Dr. Bolster carried out the postmortem in CUH on Saturday and following that, Gardaí are satisfied from the receipt of her results that there wasn't foul play involved in this man's death. The focus then has shifted to trying to establish who he is, or who he was, rather. 
and uh, speaking to locals. Locals, I think, identified somebody whom they believed a very reclusive person uh, and that they believed that person either returned to the UK or had gone to the UK. What's key... Because he had told neighbours at some stage he, years he ago or something? told neighbours, very reclusive individual by all accounts. But what I suppose makes this extraordinary, so extraordinary is the fact that Gardy found... Um, tub of butter, a container of butter in the fridge. Power was cut off there yeah, at the premises, but they found a tub of butter with an expiry date of 2001, suggesting that this man's remains may have been there for over 20 years. And I understand that from door-to-door inquiries, talking to one of the other people on the street, they moved in there in 2002, and they recall the house being boarded up at that stage, so it would seem that this man's remains have been there lying in this vacant, unoccupied derelict house for over two decades. That's for, that would make if it was boarded up. But but then again, you are saying in the copy that that wouldn't, even if it was boarded up, prevent somebody who may have been homeless. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the expectation, I suppose, and the most likely explanation is that it is this reclusive person whom people thought had gone back to the UK, but Gardy can't discount the possibility at the same time that maybe that person did go to the UK, the house is vacant, and perhaps uh, some you know, homeless person may have moved in and started squatting in there effectively, and they may have died. So while the likelihood is it's probably, or I suppose the expectation is that it's, that it's the person whom they thought was living there and who didn't go to the UK, they can't discount possibly that it may be somebody else at the same time. So they're talking about DNA uh, profiling, matching that perhaps with um, the missing persons database, any DNA profiles in that. And then the other thing is dental records, and then that involves checking with local dentists in Mallow as to who may have treated this person. Do they have dental records trying to match that with what Dr. Bolster found at postmortem? So there's a lot of work to be done yeah. before they can confirm that. What I'm not sure about, and there's still a lot... Uh, that I'm, I'm in the dark on Kirk's County Council issued a statement the weekend they confirmed that the house was privately owned and it was being inspected by council officials following the serving of compulsory purchase order uh, or notice recently but who it was owned by and whether the person living there at the time the reclusive individual whether that person was the owner or a tenant I don't know so I'm hoping to try and find that out today That would be straightforward for them to find out though wouldn't it? Well, it's going back on, on council records, but we're talking 20 years, so, I mean, I don't know, I presume it should be straightforward enough to, to confirm that. And then, I mean, there are other aspects to it. Who cut off the electricity there? Who boarded it up? Uh, how did it come to be boarded up? Uh, there's a lot like that. I mean, I suppose in terms of a lot of these type of stories um, or cases that we cover, you sort of, you know, guardy. The, the postmortem itself can't date when the person died, but so you're looking at sort of ancillary information. Are there mm. letters in the post box? Are there um, uh, ESP bills? Uh, something like that in the newspapers there, something like that that give you a date. Now, obviously, the butter sort of fits that to some extent. Uh, or that's it's awfully sad, though, isn't it? But it's, it's desperately sad, yeah. God and, um, that somebody would be there for so, so long and not be missed. It's just yeah, so sad. Yeah, Sean Sherlock, um, you know, local Labour TD, and he was sort of saying, you know, it's, it's extraordinary. It's, it's a distressing case, an extraordinary case that somebody could be found dead in Derlick Toast. And it's just sad to think that somebody could die within the community and not be noticed or missed. And, and, and also, I mean, I don't... Time, I, though, that, sorry, that go ahead. People, yeah. in Beach, people in Beatrice Street are very close in it and very much look out for each other. 
so it's come as a major shock to them. But if the person didn't have political ties there, and particularly the one thing I've noticed going back over some of these other cases is if somebody is determined to be reclusive and private, then it can be very difficult. Uh, you know, but but a lovely man, stuff. apparently. All of the neighbours have wonderful things to say about him. He just liked his own company very much, but was very much loved and known, in the, I believe, and uh, a, a likeable individual. But what I find extraordinary is that somebody could board up a house with possibly with somebody inside in it. Yeah, but at the same time, I was talking to a girl about this yesterday. I mean, you know, do you sort of say if your staff going in, let's go in and check and see if there's a body there? You don't. Um, I, I was, uh, Seamus was saying to me, would I mention some other cases? And I was doing a bit of research last night, um, a similar type case. There's no, nothing that I've come across matches this in terms of the duration. If it does, it is the case that this man is dead 20 plus years there. But back in 97, two sisters in uh, Mitchellstown, Mary Gertrude O'Brien, 79, her sister Ellen, they were found in their house at Upper Cork Street in Mitchellstown, centre of town, concerned neighbour, found by Gardaí, concerned neighbour raised the alarm. One poor woman had collapsed on the floor and the other had died in her chair and they, it's believed they'd been dead for about two weeks. Back in 2003, this is a really strange one, Agnes Lyons, 70, she was found at her remote bungalow in Carignadon, Ahamor, Ballyhan, Mayo, phoned by her brother, Sonny, who shares the house, shared the house with her, and their other sister, Mary Ellen, who shared a room with her. Now, the two sisters had kept themselves, and it appears that, uh, this, as I say, was August 2003, it appears they found a notice on her written by Mary Ellen, who had no recollection of, of writing it, so obviously the woman had, you know, the, the, the mental or difficulties saying she died in September 2002 so she was dead over a year very strange one Alan Moore I remember covering this thing because myself down in Wexford 61 year old guy from Salford in England this was in 2012 he was found in March 18 2012 neighbour spotted Christmas tree lights on in the window Gardy calls it turns out he was dead uh, probably up to about three months there was a case here in West Cork, uh, and I knew, and perhaps your listeners might remember him, a chap called Duncan Sloan. Duncan looked as though he'd stepped out in 1967, long hair, fur coat, used to walk around town, uh, was up in court frequently for growing cannabis, uh, harmless sort of individual, but he was in his 70s. He was found at his remote cottage in Gortnamukla, but two miles north of Dunmanway in November 2016, and it was believed he was dead for a couple of weeks there. Uh, another case with a Cork connection, Irene Daly, she was the woman here who set up um, the bottle banks and newspaper recycling way back in the day before it ever started to be took off. She pioneered that. She was 82. She was found dead at her home in Glencarra in Knock and County Mayo. Neighbours became concerned when they noticed posts building up at the box. Uh, she was found on April 23rd, 2019, and they believe she died around January 2019, so I'd been dead for about three months. And then we had two that we spoke about before, Neil, that I've spoken to you before about George Harrington here in Cork, uh, found in May. 14, 2019, at his flat in Emerald Court in the Glen. Uh, after his son raised concerns, he'd last collected his pension November 16, 2018, so it looks like he was dead for six months. And a very similar case, so two months later, Richie Shannon. Madden's buildings. Madden's buildings, exactly, found by his nephew. Uh, and he had not been seen since Christmas 2018 and had collected his pension in January 2014. So again, that, oh, sorry, 2019, so that looks like another seven, six, seven months. Seven months. But if I remember, when you were covering it at the time, I remember you talking about uh, the city coroner at the time saying, and I quote, it seems very strange that a man who didn't collect his pension didn't, and it didn't trigger any alarm bells, that he was a man of routine he went to the pub twice a week, went to the bookies, and he says, I find it troubling in this age of mass communication that this poor gentleman appears to have slipped through the cracks. And if you scale that up to Mallow, 
similar criticism could be made of us all, if you like. Well, it is, but there's one that actually is sort of somewhat reminiscent of Mallow. It's a case from February 2022, a chap called Michael Whiston in Dublin, 76. He was found in the back bedroom of his house at Sally Noggin Road, Lower in Dublin. The body was found by cleaners employed by the council to clear large amounts of rubbish from what officials believe was an abandoned property. But this is the thing that's strange about this, and you ask how somebody could board up a house without knowing there was a body there. His body had remained there undiscovered for about 12 months, despite three visits inside the property in the intervening period by council staff. Uh, Gary Webb confirmed that he collected his pension in January 2021. He was phoned in February 2022, so we're talking 12 months there. And, of course, the most recent one that we've covered is the couple, English couple John and Hilary Smith, phoned in Clunine in Tipperary in 20th of June 2022. Uh, Gardaí were alerted and went to do a welfare check after neighbours noticed the grass had been cut. Gardaí even able to establish they were last seen alive in December 17th, uh, 2020, when they went to collect prescriptions in Mullinahor, a Callan in County Kilkenny. So, again, there's an intervening period there of about 18 months, which is a long time, and that... By, my reckoning was the longest I'd come across until okay. the Mallow situation, okay. which, you know, if it, that turns out to be the case, certainly sort of uh, exceeds everything else by uh, just a huge, so just, say, just extraordinary story. Yeah, absolutely. So you're giving case histories there of how it happens and has happened. And, and the, the one common pattern to all of those, from what I can gather from the press reports, is that people were sort of very determined to be private and were very reclusive. And I suppose... Certainly, I know that in Clunine, in Tipperary, the locals were saying, look, we are a caring community, we did, but we thought with COVID, we thought they'd come back to the UK again, that sort of scenario. And people just didn't pick up on them. And if it could, a similar thing may have happened to Mallow if they thought the chap had come back to the UK. And I understand that from the residents and the locals who believed that he had because he, they had told him that he would have, that he was going back. But who, if the council were serving a compulsory purchase order, on whom would it be served? Like, That's what I'm hoping to find out today. I, I wasn't able to find out over the weekend was, is, is, was the house privately owned by a landlord and this person was a tenant or was this person whom they think went back to the UK was, they the actual, was, was he the actual owner so hopefully yeah. we'll yeah. learn more today and over the coming days but um, you know 20 years is a long while though at the same time you know I mean even in terms of you know guards who were in the time so many of them retired It's and you know what I find bizarre about it I suppose and it's, it's I passed that by that place it's the way I'd go up to court uh, for inquest and court case in Mallow. I've you never that road no. a hundred times in you the last never. twenty-five years, no. or in the last twenty years, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I'm not. There are obviously other people, and yet they think that the poor man was lying inside there, unbeknownst to everyone, and the world went on outside, and nobody missed them or nobody. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, Barry, thank you so much for the update. We're right up. We're right up to speed. Um, from the point of view of identif- identifying who the misfortunate man is. That will be down to a missing persons register and dental records, you're saying. Let's see what happens in that regard. Obviously. Thanks, Barry. Much obliged. Can I just go locally to the community just to pick up on that? Because Councillor Liam Madden, Fine Gael Councillor for the area, is quoted in some of the papers this morning. And I just want to talk to him about how people in the area must feel. They must be so, so sad, as Barry said, you know, for the last 20 years, many people passing the property and what have you. Liam, good morning. Good morning. Um, um, and I, I suppose the first thing there I would say look I'd just like to offer sympathy obviously um, you know if the family out there and so forth yeah. and I suppose to remember them, the council workers as well actually you know what you're absolutely right because two council you know? workers had to go in and make the discovery you are right yeah yeah. and um, I suppose 
that that street has uh, listening there to um, reports there and so forth. Look, it is a very busy street and the shop there as well. There's a pub there, and I suppose a very uh, going back that was a a very close knit community. I think everyone knew everyone in that street, which is extraordinary. Then that when we hear the story over the weekend and uh, Friday, you know what a body being found, and and again, you know. Everyone would hope maybe that person is is in England still, but we we don't know. I suppose the last one and so then and I suppose the one thing is I suppose at the time I suppose around that time I suppose there was no one. You know, if if someone had been missing in the Mallow area, I think at the time you know house odd houses would have been searched, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that happens there. Look, if someone goes missing in Cork and places like that. The first thing that's done is any derelict houses or vacant houses are searched. So uh, I, that wasn't the case. Obviously, that there was there was um, someone on the guard, someone that was missing, and everyone out searching for him. You know, so. and, I, and I can understand as well if the story in Mallow at the time was conversations that he was having with people about going back to the UK. People probably believed that he did. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I suppose that's the and and like twenty years ago, look, we 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 had mobile phones. We had, you know, it's it's extraordinary as well. Like this, like if just forty years ago or something, someone went in and letters were only being sent back. You know, they, they, mm. they were different times altogether. But I mean, anyone that goes abroad now, there's always there's communication with someone you'd imagine on the ground, and but like in this case. Obviously, there seemed to be no communication with 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 anyone, and and everyone assumed the man was gone. You know, you don't know what age that man would have been in the early noughties. No, and I'm just I'm just curious as to whether or not he would have been picking up a pension and it hadn't. Yeah, been yeah and, and that's that's another thing there. Look, listening there as well to other report, and and I think that that's unfortunate as well. That in cases there, look, someone is getting a prescription locally and it's they stop getting it or they stop drawing it. It's 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 amazing this day and age that we, we can't trigger something, you know, why why did this happen? If a person died, you know, there'd be a death search, you know, why you know, so you it's I suppose the system needs to be looked at too and things like that because um the first thing like if if, if you went back years ago and there was a neighbour missing or you, you you went to the door next door and someone didn't answer you. You actually, you, you, you nearly went to the guard mm. and said, look, there's someone, um, would you check next door? And that's, that's the extraordinary thing now that's um, boarded up that long. But and were I you thought, making a point that the house is actually boarded up from the inside as opposed to outside the windows, is it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, like, a lot of people probably didn't realise that there is another house in that street uh, at the end you, you'd know straight away there's, there's two other derelict houses there and and I suppose that's the thing that's happening at present I suppose with, with, with houses that are vacant and compulsory orders being served and you know it, it's long it's that's long overdue as well because being honest um, we we uh, we have a lot of properties in our towns and villages and cities as well and but I suppose the ownership of this house is another thing as well, I suppose, who actually is the, the owner. Um, obviously, the people locally, there, there was someone long ago that, who owned that house, whether it was sold in or, 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 or let to that person. And, and, and we, we could all be at this stage saying, look, maybe that person will turn up. Maybe it might turn out that someone went into the house, went in there just to sleep, and then and something happened. And we that's the answer, so I suppose, we'll get in the next couple of days. Well, that is true. We're not 100% sure, but it, it would look as if indications are 
that it was that misfortunate gentleman yeah, from, yeah, from 20 yeah. years ago. But why is it that something like that in the middle of a crisis with regards to housing can sit like that for 20 years and it takes 20 years for the council to put in a CPO order? I mean, would you not be critical of that? Yeah, I, I, I would. I, I, you'd have to be. I, I suppose the one thing that they're, 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 a lot of it there has been tied up with houses, tied up with fair deal, been tied up with family disputes, legal, you know, and everything. That, and I think that there is, there is um, a will now to tackle derelict um, properties as well. And, and, and to long, long overdue, there's no doubt. Um, because, look, um, some of these properties, they can be brought back into, they can, people can live again in the community, yeah. live in our towns yeah. and villages, and, and it would be great, but it, the process has been far too slow all along, you yeah, know. Yeah. How do locals feel about this? They must be absolutely heartbroken that this, yeah, I suppose, 20 years. Yeah, I would, I would say in that community there, in that, in that street, both sides of that street, you know, people, they, they look, I, I can, I look, I would know a good few people there, and, and it's because they were always, um, very close they're very very friendly people there and and everyone would know everyone and that's that's the extra and even like you'd hear people talking that say that person came from beach or street or you know they, yeah. they, they were very close and and uh, i don't know what but listening there to all the other stories as well around different parts of them you know it's I, not I'm, uncommon no it's not but no, 20 years is an is an exception it is extraordinary period. like and 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 the one instance there that was mentioned was Mitchestown. I remember that so well. It was right in the heart of the of the such a busy street. I remember, and and it, it did happen. I know, you know? I know. And, and and that was extraordinary as well because they they were they would go locally every day to somewhere, and and they didn't. And I I can again. Why wouldn't why someone didn't follow up? It's they, these are all the unanswered questions, and I suppose the same here in Mallow today. Um, and well, it's very imp- it's very important that identification is made, isn't it, Liam? It is. And also and, and that hopefully was, family could be found because this man will yeah. have to be will need to be and deserves to be respectfully buried. Yeah, and and I suppose look, that's another thing that they they would be closure for. Look, if there is some relatives out there, whether they're near or far far out, but but at least to be and 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 the person will to get a decent burial, and you know, and I think that's important as well, you know, and okay. and, and hopefully with with all the things we can do now that 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 will be fairly quick as well that identification can be done that's you know? the next step very sad story that is the next step thanks for taking the call Liam yeah, much obliged no to you thank you so much okay. Councillor Liam Madden Fine Gael from that uh, Mallow constituency area text 0868104106 pick up the phone 0818104106 I don't know it's just so sad I mean it's an example of the fragmentation of society that people are busy in their own lives and they, we miss things or we just tend to say, okay, that's none of my business. Or is it just one of those absolute tragic twists of faith? Uh, fate, I should say, where this this gentleman at the time would have said to, to neighbours that he might have met, uh, I'm going back to the UK or I'm thinking of going back. And then when they you know, saw the house and nobody in it, they just assumed that that's what had happened. Uh, let's see what happens next with regards to the identification 
of this gentleman. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, it's all dates now and labels, isn't it? Friday the 13th from Friday, of course. Blue Monday today. And then you have, uh, you know, um, you know, the crazy days on the Friday, which would be Black Friday. And then you had Cyber Monday. And then you have all sorts of different weather alerts, yellow and green and brown and yellow and red and whatever. Uh, that's the way the world is going. Actually, funnily enough, from Friday the 13th on Friday, I take no notice of Friday the 13th. My dad would have been 101 years old had he lived. Uh, he passed away 34 years ago. I did believe his theory of Pishogues, though, because I saw them in action myself in our rural farm in County Kerry. Thank you for that text. I'd love to hear more of the Pishogues in action on the rural farm in Kerry. So get texting. Text 0868104106. In relation to the superstitions, and I hope everybody got through Friday the 13th unscathed. It's about, you know, wishing if you're if you really are very superstitious, then you can wish all sorts of calamities into your life, particularly on Friday the thirteenth. So in relation to the superstition around the thirteenth or the number thirteen, is this why the Irish car license plate from the year two thousand and thirteen was put down at one three one rather than one three? Forgive me, but didn't that didn't that have to do with you had two parts to the year? One three one and 132, a moment of correction on that. Uh, we were told in Ryanair training that 13 wasn't on Boeing planes as the Americans believe in the whole number 13 thing. I wouldn't have put Michael O'Leary down as a superstitious man. So is that a case that there's no 13th aisle on an airplane, for instance? Like as in, there's no 13th floor is that still the case? They build hotels and they don't have a 13th floor? The superstition on putting the shoes on the table that you spoke to on Friday goes back to the Tower of London. If you're due for execution, the person would get breakfast and a new pair of shoes put on the table. So it would be a fear that you'd be executed. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. We have no number 13 in our housing estate. We have 12, 12A, and then 14. <laughs> No number 13 in the housing estate. I got married on Friday the 13th. The priest that was marrying us got murdered in Jamaica. We didn't last very long together. Our marriage day was a total disaster. He wore tennis socks with his suit as he forgot the proper ones. Oh, my God. These are texts that I didn't get a chance to do on Friday. Not only is it Friday the 13th, it was also the 13th day of the year and my 55th birthday. Okay, so a little on the late side, but happy birthday to your Pat nonetheless. Anyway, they're just a selection of texts from um, uh, from Friday. But what about this Blue Monday? Do you believe in it as being the most depressing day of the year? Uh, your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106. Just a quick call this side this side of uh, of 10. Gabrielle, good morning. Good morning. What are what are jumperoos? They're just like jumpy things for kids. I don't know how to say it, but you just jump in them. For, you put them in the kids and you jump in it. You jump on like these ropes. It's like a trampoline, you know, one of those that you get at fairs and stuff, basically. But they're not really tied into it. There's nothing to tie them in with. Oh, because do, they cl- do, uh, do, they, do you place the child into one of them? Yes, you place it inside. You place the child inside and there's actually no straps for the child. And do they hold on to bars or something? No, they're actually just placed in this kind of round circle, like a chair. Ah, I've got a proper picture of yeah. one now. I see it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we've got this uh, this metal structure um, uh, cylindrical and inside it then with straps on either side is like yeah. for all intent and purposes like, um, you know, an inflatable 
Um, except it's yeah, probably it's hard. All it's, it's all cold. plastic. The child sits yeah. into it and they bounce up and down. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. is it dangerous? Well, I didn't think it was until what happened to me. So, because uh, I had it with my previous girl as well and I had no problems with it. Um, but then when we got one for my eight-month-old Scarlet, um, yeah, no, ho- luckily I was there when it happened. Like, what happened? She's inside. In the, uh, how old is she? Eight months up and down bouncing. She's eight yeah. months. Yeah. yeah, she's eight months. And, um, well, she's a really needy baby, so I popped, that was what helped her a bit to come and whatever. Uh, so I popped her in that in the morning. Um, I had my coffee, and next thing, luckily I was right next to her. Next thing I look over and she's sideways. So if I wasn't there... Um, she definitely would have hopped her head off. off that whole unit toppled over on its side? Yes. Yeah, so, no, one strap snapped. Oh. It just snapped. And then that's all it needs for it to go sideways. So I sent in a picture and the whole jumper went sideways. So the first thing that would have hit the floor was her head. But I was there. So if I wasn't there, just say I went into the loo or whatever, uh, she would have hopped her head. And then I put it on a group on Acts of Kindness in Mallow yeah and actually a few ladies reached out saying this happened to them as well I see the snapped strap incidentally and I see that it was on a hard tiled floor yeah it was she was on a carpet but her head would have actually hit the floor to the tiles and then another woman actually reached out yesterday she posted the same thing but what happened to her baby as well actually an 8 month old baby as well that had happened to and exactly the same kind of strap and exactly the same incident happened. And I only just posted it two weeks ago. So she went and checked the straps as well. And she, she said they were all fine. And the next thing they snapped the next day. So I don't know, was it a faulty batch or what story? But I tried to reach out to Smith and I still got no reply. So I'm just looking at some of the other um, texts that you got from other parents. Same thing happened to me. Thankfully, there was someone beside him because he'd have gotten an awful hop. Don't think I'll ever trust one of them again. Another person yeah, says... No, I uh, don't think I would get another one just for the... I don't know, like, I sometimes run out and just make my coffee or whatever and she's in it, but I, I would not leave a child unattended in them anymore because I don't know what would have happened, like, if I wasn't there. Well, if the child had hit her head off a tiled floor... That would have been. ...while having a big bounce, um, yeah. that could have ended very badly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and and so I just, I just wouldn't I wouldn't trust them, and I wouldn't leave your child in them alone for okay. sure. And when, and when did you get it? Uh, last year in okay. Smith's. In in Smith's Toys, there's a, yeah. there's, a there's a baby section there. Yeah, because yeah. there's there's yeah. lots of other different contraptions. There's different you... ones. Yeah, the one I had was Minnie Mouse, and the lady that posted actually had the same one as the Minnie Mouse one. Uh, and the same strap snapped. It looks like the same strap where mostly the heavy stuff are on. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Maybe we could, maybe we could have a look and see if these, um, what are they called, jumperoos? Jumperoos, are, yes. are trending online because they are faulty or there have been snapped straps with small... Yeah, they're, actually, they're very handy like for kids because some kids, like my first daughter now, she didn't like it at all. She hated it. But this one, she's very hands-on child, so she... She has to be on hand or whatever, entertained all the time. They don't move, though. I mean, I know of ones in the past where you sat children into them, but they could scoot around the place on them, sitting inside in this, uh, you know, this kind of like almost like a baby chair on wheels kind of a thing. 
This yeah. one doesn't work. Yeah. And other ones then you could hang from uh, the, um, the, door. the door and they'd bounce up yeah. and down. Yeah? You've, you, yeah? You're aware of those? Yeah. Yes, I am, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. All right, so these are jumperoos. wonder if anybody else listening has them or has any problems with them or any of them had straps snap. Uh, we'll check in with Smiths as well to see. You don't know where they're made, do you? No, no idea. Okay, okay, okay. It could well be a faulty batch or it could be a faulty design, who knows. But listen, with an eight-month-old child, you must have got an awful fright. Oh, no, like, I just, I don't, I don't want to. I really like, the jumperoo because it helped her like I said she's very hands on she has to be on the hands um, and I, and it helped her a lot she liked it and now I just no I wouldn't purchase it again okay alright let's see if anybody else has similar stories or has one but you're just putting parents on alert yes yes because Smith uh, never got back to me and I just said like you know I don't want anyone to be in the same situation you know okay which Smith's toys was it uh, in Kinsale, I think Kinsale Road. Kinsale Road. Okay, we'll check in with them. Thanks, Gabrielle. Much obliged. Okay, this is a jumperoo where the straps snap. Back after 10, text 0868 104 I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. All right, guys. It's an important day today at Cork's Red FM. January 16th, 2002. Welcome to Red FM. Red FM. 21 years later, Red FM celebrates on this day today, 21 years on air. So happy 21st birthday uh, to Red FM. We've rolled out the vending machine right across the day today as Red FM celebrates its 21st birthday. But it's in reverse. Rather than Red FM getting birthday presents, we're giving away the presents. And we filled the vending machine, turned it into a birthday vending machine. It's filled with presents and gifts from hotel breaks uh, to gift vouchers and all sorts of wonderful things. We've got them every single hour. So I'll do two this hour. Very simple. I'm opening the phone lines now on 0818104106. We'll take caller 9. 0818104106. When I get you on the air, um, we will just uh, go live to the vending machine. Kevin will be out there and we'll pick... Um, it's easy to make it work out. You, you pick a letter and you pick a number. And then the vending machine corresponds to that and spits out the present. So get on the phone now 0818104106. Caller 9 gets to open the vending machine as Red FM celebrates its 21st birthday. Go for it! The Neil Prendeville Show Gold winner for Interactive Speech Program at the IMRO Radio Awards 2022 Red FM. Yes, indeed. Lots of texts already this morning. Uh, how can Ukrainians be given citizenship when Irish citizens can't even be housed? My family's facing homelessness in a few weeks and absolutely nothing's been done about it for us. And that is the story that makes the front of the Irish Times this morning, where one of the ministers within government is saying that there should be a fast track for Ukrainians who want Irish citizenship. Uh, I sent you a message when it came out that our government will buy up almost everything that's built by the private sector. Here's my problem with all of that. If the government does go ahead and buys up all of the new apartments, 
the government buys up all of the new housing estates, can I ask, where are the properties left for our children and our children's children? What happened is that our government decided to stop councils from building council housing themselves. If you had the corporation property and you needed a bricklayer or almost any other tradesman, they would have to hire someone because they have no tradespeople. It maddens me to think that the government will overpay now to buy all of the private developers' properties. This is going to push up the prices for people trying to get on the property ladder. Nothing but craziness ever came from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. Well, Leo Varadkar did say a word to that effect, that if they build them, that the government will buy them. Uh, I'm listening to you here from Sydney about the litter epidemic across Cork and in particular Mahan. Because that's what it is. And I just wanted to say that everywhere you look here in Sydney, there are bins, bins and more public bins. Not only that, the council provides fully serviced public toilets everywhere. Water filtering points, park benches with zero graffiti or iron bars hanging across them. Uh, free barbecue points for people to use. The list goes on. Uh, The city manager or indeed the Lord Mayor, Cork County Council, have so much to answer for. I dread having to go back to the dirty, dangerous and run-down streets of Cork whenever the time comes for me to visit home. This isn't a funding issue. The tax rates are the same as in Ireland here, but the council just does their job and fund the people and not their own pockets. It's depressing when you hear that. I mean, the free barbecue points probably says a lot about the wonderful weather you have. I'm not quite sure how often the free barbecue points would be uh, used here unless you had vandals or thugs setting fire to them or having their own kind of get-togethers. Um, anyway, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106 on that very grim and tragic discovery in Mallow. Uh, some texters are saying, how can a house be boarded up while someone was in their bed? I think the house should have been checked before being boarded up to ensure the windows weren't left open or there might have been an animal or a cat inside it. Um, that would be normal practice. Well, it wasn't an animal or a cat. It was a human being. Who boarded up the house, Neil? And why wasn't it checked before this was done? Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, if all, And then, were the, were the windows boarded up from the inside or the outside? I think what's happened in Mallow is an absolute disgrace and tells you a lot about society these days. And one final one, it took a war in the east of Ukraine uh, to spur on compulsory orders on derelict houses. Uh, were the Irish homeless not good enough to be bothered with? I don't know why the council issued a compulsory purchase order on it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who they were going to put in there, whether they were Irish or whether they were not. You have now planted the seed of depression in all of our heads with regards to Blue Monday. That's how it works with most people. Just look at the last two years. What people were being told, they then became. Even a deadly virus with no symptoms could kill people. Most actually believed all of that madness for the last two years. Now look at the sudden deaths. So Cork County is now blue as they feel the cold weather. Uh, I'm double blue here. Uh, listen to you uh, from, actually, a nice text because they also say happy birthday, guys. I've been listening from the get-go, but maybe not as much in the last few years. Well, thank you for that. What, what you're really saying is that, you know, when you plant the seed of something in somebody's head, they will believe it and they go along with it. Like if you were continually telling somebody that they were ugly, if you were continuing telling somebody that they were overweight, if you were continuing telling sending something that no good would ever become of them. Uh, sadly, over time, that person will buy into that. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. More on Blue Monday next. January 
of the front door if you like Red FM is 21 years old let me get to my phone lines on this because Niamh Walsh from Ballyvalan is luckily calling I Niamh good morning how are you little birdie tells me you just ducked out of work for a few minutes (laughs) well I'm actually hiding in an office (laughs) buried away in an office yeah yeah, trying exactly. to sneak out a 21st birthday prize why not why not exactly exactly right. and happy birthday to you you're so kind to everybody here and everybody gone before us happy 21st birthday to Cork's Red FM okay you know the drill here I got Kevin standing by um, and he's actually at the vending machine Kev yeah I'm hiding in an office as well here <laughs> in the open plan with the vending machine hoping to make it a red Monday for Neil. if you're doing your job you're okay <laughs> So what I need you to do very quietly then is to pick a letter between A and F. Okay, E. Right, now do this for me. Pick a number between one and four. Uh, Right, Kev, can you push all of those buttons on that vending machine? What was that, Neil? E? E E two. E two. Okay, E E two for Neil. Let's see what we can do for you, Neil. On this Red Monday, our 21st birthday. Yeah, the problem with this now, Neve, is it tends to jam, right? It needs a bit of the WD-40. I think it worked that time, did it? Okay. Yeah, I gave it a bit of a shake. It's coming out there now, Neil. And for Neve, on this Red Monday, we have a pair of Sketchers. <gasps> oh, lovely. Very good. Oh, my God, Thank you're so lucky. You. I love Sketchers. Do you? I do, I do. Yeah, they're excellent. They are the coolest way. To start your day in a pair of sketches. So enjoy that now. I bet it was worth Thank sneaking so out of work for a few minutes. It was, it was, yeah. So sketches are inside so in town and they're also down at Mahon Point. All right, get yourself sorted. Great, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you, bye-bye. Well done, you've Walsh and Valley Thanks, Kevin. We'll play another game in about 20 minutes' time because we've got lots of gifts and prezzies all day long uh, for Red FM's 21st birthday. So stay listening, and I'll open the phone lines again um, this side of 11. But, you know, it's a 21st birthday day, so it's a far cry for from us to Blue Monday. But, you know, you, you look at Blue Monday, the longest month with regards to um, gaps between salary, right? So many people got paid maybe the third week of December and then they got to wait to the back end of a long month. So it's, you can understand why people might be a bit down or dour. Of course, we have the darker days as well, right? And we have the bad weather and the cold weather and perhaps the overindulgences of Christmas. I'm just coming up with some reasons to depress you even more. And of course, many people are being put under pressure with this kind of stuff about, you know, oh, a new year, new you. And others then would be comparing themselves with this time last year. And they find little change in spite of all of the, you know, promises they made themselves. They're in the same job that they don't like. They're in no relationship. They're in a relationship they don't like. There's no motivation. This is the day as well that the Red Tops are telling us that you're most likely today to fail in your New Year's resolution. I need to come up for air. There is all this depression. It's time as it is this time every year to talk to the Minister for Happiness, Ashling Cambridge. Ashling, good morning. Good morning, Neil, and happy birthday to you and everyone at Red FM and and to your listeners. Thank you, thank you. Listen, as if I haven't dug a deep enough hole. Um, added <laughs> to that, no pressure there. Neil, yeah, no added pressure. to that, of course, is credit card bills that'll be coming in after all of the Christmas um, splurging. Um, is it is it true? I mean, is this really 
the darkest day or the most depressing day? Or is it, as I'm told, something that was brought up and invented by a travel company? Yeah, apparently it was um, a travel company, a kind of a publicity stunt. But I do believe there was some um, research done by a psychologist. But I think it was debunked. Um, to be honest, I don't have a very um, broad knowledge about the whole situation. Well, I can I tell you, you I can tell you one thing. You are right. There was a psychologist who came up with some kind of an algorithm, but he has since apo- he has since apologised for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you see, look, a good scientist will try and disprove his theory, not prove it. So you know, and I mean, I'm you're just saying like. Like if it's it's one of these things that, as you said earlier, I'm not sure if it was a, a listener had texted you in saying about planting the seed. Lesner, that, a listener texted in saying you have now planted yeah. the seed of depression and negativity. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, they're right. And, I, you know, I have to say, in fairness, that's very wise because, you know, you could plant a seed uh, for an apple tree and it'll grow apple, apples that will feed people. Or you can plant a seed of hemlock and it will poison someone. The soil doesn't care what kind of seed you plant. So in our minds, if we put something in there that isn't good, the mind will take it on. If we put something in there that is good, the mind will also take it on. Yeah, I know that um, you can manifest things into your life in a positive way. And if you're doing the opposite, you can manifest things into your life in a negative way. I understand all of that. Just for the record, actually, there was a travel company in 2005 called Sky Travel who commissioned this Mm -hmm. idea and then started releasing a press release, you know, on this particular day in January. It's the best day to start looking at booking a summer holiday because it's the longest month and it's a very depressing one. That's how it all started. Um, and then the day has been hijacked, they say, since then by people who are trying to sell everything and anything from vitamin yeah. pills to fitness equipment and everything in between. Yeah, marketing, huh? Yeah. Okay, so you need to fight back at the start of the year, particularly if it's also true that today is the day that most people will fail in their New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Uh, come here, who, who succeeds at them? New Year's resolutions are, you know, we, we all have the best of intentions at the start of the year. And like, no one should be beating themselves up about it. Maybe decide to make small changes at the start of the year instead of trying to accomplish everything. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves with New Year's resolutions and maybe it's time to shift that a little bit. As for today being Blue Monday, Neil, I have to say this. I remember years ago, I worked in um, clinics and I had um, a lady say to me, God, I hate Mondays. And I said, well, that's a pity because you have a lot of them in your life. <laughs> um, you know, and I mean, g- genuinely, people do say, oh, I hate Monday because I've got to work and, you know, back to the start of the week. And look, I understand people have those reasons, but a lot of that is just what we tell ourselves. You know, I mean, if you were honestly sitting where you are right now and your listeners and speaking to them, wherever you are, you might be sitting at your office desk, you might be behind the wheel of a car, you might be out for a walk. I'm actually very lucky. I'm in the regional park here looking at the river. It's blue sky. There's nothing wrong right now. This is lovely. It's, you know, it's your birthday today, Neil. If it's somebody's birthday, they're happy. So Blue Monday doesn't apply to everybody. And particularly this day, doesn't apply to everybody either. It depends on what you're focusing on. But it applies to people who don't like Mondays, like the old song, because they're still in Mm -hmm. the same job that they dislike. They're still in the same relationship that isn't working or they're in no relationship at all. They made themselves all these promises last year and none (laughs) of it has come to fruition. How do you shake yourself out of that? Well, I'm going to say something now. People aren't going to like it. That's not Monday's fault. You know, at the end of the day, look, we all have stuff going on in our lives that, you know, over the last few years, I think everyone has come up against lots of challenges. And it's something that people often say to me, oh, you can't be happy all the time. I know that. I absolutely 100% know that. When something not nice happens to me, I get sad. I get angry. I get upset. That's completely normal. You're not meant to be happy all the time. 
But when there's nothing wrong, as I've often said to you, Neil, that's when we shouldn't be focusing on things that aren't of immediate you know, danger to us mm-hmm. or aren't happening. You know, mm-hmm. sitting at your desk and worrying about, you know, something that's happening tomorrow isn't going to change anything. In fact, it just causes stress and it makes you feel uncomfortable in yourself. It's not good for you mentally or physically. So, like, really, it is about just focusing on the things in your life that you can be grateful for. And today, you know, if someone is feeling blue or any day, I'm speaking to anyone who's just feeling like they're somewhere that they don't want to be anymore. Start to look at what you have in your life to be grateful for, because it really does, as simple as it may sound, and I know it's become a kind of a fad, the attitude of gratitude, but there is a science to it. And when you start to focus on things in your life that you are grateful for, for example, say you're in a job and you're not liking it. Okay, maybe you have people you work with you like. So even focusing on that, maybe you can say, okay, well, I'm getting, it's giving me a wage right now, which is good. So there are always things to be grateful for, even if the overall situation isn't ideal right now. If you start looking for those things, it will change your state. It will make you feel a bit better. It'd be like if someone tried to tune in their radio tonight or to Red FM this morning. Like, they're not going to get it on 92.4. They'll get static. They'll get a different frequency or a different station. If you want to tune into something, you you have to tune into it in every aspect of life. Yeah, so so it's important to accentuate the positive, but you also need to address the negatives, don't you, though? Absolutely. You can't ignore them that you're lonely. You can't ignore them that you have no money. You can't ignore that you hate your job. Absolutely not. I agree 100% with that. And this is the thing. When we talk about reality, it's neither negative or positive. It's actually both. So, like, if you're in a situation where something bad just happened in your life, um, you, of course you're going to feel, not, you're not going to feel positive or happy. You're going to be sad. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be angry. You're going to be whatever emotions come up in you because you have to deal with something that's gone wrong. But, like, that's the thing. Reality is also waking up on a day when the sun is shining and it's maybe your birthday, for example, again, mm. and you know, a nice day ahead of you. That's reality too for someone. Mm. And we all have those days. We all have good days and we have not good days. Do you buy into uh, seasonal affective disorder? You know, that this is um, the time oh, of I, sad. I, yeah, yeah, I do believe that because it's not just a belief. It's actually, you know, it's been scientifically proven and it makes sense from a chemical release in the brain. Um, you know, so there's plenty of evidence to that. So it's, is that we're getting that the darker days, we're not getting the vitamin D, or, or you know, the, the, maybe sleep patterns are all over the place as a consequence of that, eating all of the wrong foods. But And, and, and is it that naturally, as a species, we should be almost kind of like hibernating at this time of the year? Well, yeah, well, I suppose if we were look, to look back ancestrally, we would have been until the spring, we would have started to come, you know, out into the light again and start to plant things and start to, you know, the cycle, I suppose the seasons was one of the greatest uh, trends or discoveries humanity has ever seen. And, you know, instinctually, we would have done those things. We would have hibernated at certain times. We would have stocked up. And then other times we would have planted the seeds. Again, that's coming back to planting the seeds to grow the food for the next season. So, yeah, the cycle. And life is like that, Neil. I mean, if you think about it, you know, people talk about balance. And I think, you know, we all say, oh, I'd like to get that balance in my life, you know. But actually, it's really a cycle. If you're happy in your job, you're probably going to be happier at home. If you're happy at home, you're probably going to work in a better mood. You know, everything does have a knock-on effect. So if one area of life isn't going so well, then my, my advice, and this is just my humble opinion, not because I'm an expert on life, who is, but if something's not right in your life, then you need to start looking for solutions. And that doesn't mean quit your job. That just means, okay, maybe I need to start looking at other jobs. Maybe I need to redo my CV. Just take a piece of action. Just a piece. If you're not happy in your relationship, two examples you give for your job and your relationship, then maybe you need to sit down with your partner. Or you may, maybe need to think, have a think about, how am I in this relationship that it's not working out? Because you can 
say all day long, oh, I don't like my job and I don't like my relationship. But like, what do you do about it? You have to take a piece of action. doesn't have to be dramatic. It can be small. Let me just ask you a question here, because just one of the, thank you for that. One of, one of the points yeah. we made there is just with regards to um, almost like genetics, right? And, and our, mm-hmm. our, what's built into our DNA from, for maybe thousands or maybe even millions of years. But what if, what, if, what if your unhappiness or your sadness or your, you know, your loneliness or depression is down to genetics? What, what about if, it, if it's in your DNA? Okay, well, and it's not—it's <laughs> not actually of your making, nor your fault to be down. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a really good point. And I actually think we've spoken about this before, um, and it may ring a bell when I tell you. But fifty percent of our happiness is genetic. So yeah, so everybody can say, "Oh, look, it's just the way I am." Absolutely, like that's fifty percent. You can't do anything about. You can't change. So you're, you're so you're you're you've a, you've a you know fifty fifty chance of being born a glass half full or a glass half empty person. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and there's a little bit more, you know, to it. It's a bit more intricate than that, you know, when it comes to genetics and DNA. Again, not an expert, but, you know, it is apparently what the research says, that we're 50% of it is our genetics. But there's 10% that is circumstances. So, you know, if, for example, your work environment or your home environment or what's going on in the world, you know, you're on about the rubbish today, you know, and the whole um, thing about rubbish. Yeah. Um, so, like, circumstances like that, that obviously affects us. But 40% that I always emphasize when working with people, the 40% that you do have control over are your thoughts, actions, and behaviors. So rather than focusing on the things we can't control, like circumstances or genetics, I would ask your listeners to just start focusing on what you're thinking, the way you're behaving, and your actions in your everyday, because that's what's giving you results in your life, regardless of if it's a blue Monday or a Monday in May or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, the, the world we love in now loves labels, doesn't it? It loves putting names and giving things titles. I was talking about a lot of them earlier on this morning. You know, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, mm. weather warnings yeah. that are yellow and red and stuff. like that's, that's the way we seem to be going with everything. It, mm. how, how much of it is impacted by what we eat what we drink and how much we sleep. Oh, they're, they're all massive components. Look, um, my background, um, firstly, would have been nutritional therapy. And, you know, that's why I got into this area of wellness and mindset and everything. And, of course, I understand the importance of good diet. A good night's sleep is, you know, a weapon. It's a secret sauce. Like, it's so important for recovery and repair. And moving every day and exercising, all of those are important, Neil. But, like, no matter what you physically do, you know, you have to be with your mind all the time. Oh, I know no that, what. but I'm just wondering, do people feel, you know, a lot more sluggish in January because their sleep patterns would have been all over the place at Christmas time? We'd have all overindulged in way too many things that are bad for us and we're kind of paying yeah. the energy price now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, there is an element of that, yeah. When we overindulge, of course, the body's going to have, um, it's going to affect the body and it's going to take a little while for it to recalibrate itself back. Um, you know, especially if you do start New Year's resolutions like going to the gym or changing your diet, that can be a big shock to the system too, you know, and that can create chemical reactions in the body that can make you feel a bit up and down, like hormonal, as we would say, you know, but um, absolutely, yeah, it definitely has an effect. But, you know, I, again, I suppose I'm, I'm just saying it overall for the everyday for people, because, you know, when I speak about, like, 
look, I'm the Minister for Happiness and people kind of, you know, laugh about it and whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's a good title because, I, you know, I, the work I do, it's about helping people have more happiness in their life. It's not ignoring problems, by the way. You know, I'm very real about it. But, like, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, Neil, if I speak about happiness, I just want people to know that there are things they can do themselves because we, we have loads of information out there. You said it yourself. And Too labels much. on things. And you can, you're drowning in knowledge and starving for wisdom. And everybody needs to start listening a little bit more to their own gut instinct. And if someone says something that, you know, kind of resonates with you, then maybe you're meant to do it. And if someone says something that you don't agree with, then don't do it. But like, you know, you have to start tuning into yourself a bit more, no matter how well spoken someone is giving you advice or how good their intentions are. When we do something that gives us a good result, that's the best feedback there is. Mm. That's, that's wisdom. And I think we need more of that in the world. And I do think there does need to be more positivity. Absolutely there does. That doesn't mean, again, ignoring any problems. It just means that doesn't the world need a little bit more uplift, you know? One of my favourite things at the moment is seeing my nephews. It lights me up from the inside in a way. I okay, is that what, it's an interesting question to ask people. I might ask Kevin here and maybe even Claire. Yeah. What makes you happy? What makes mm-hmm. you happy? You know... Let me start with Kevin. What makes you happy? I think family for me. Like the presence of good family, the presence of good company. Like that's kind of more than anything else makes me happy. What's family? Well, like my my immediate family and my girlfriend and her family who I get on really well with. And just just people who you are in the company of with, with and that can extend to friends as well. People that I would consider so close. Okay, so it's not a career path. It's not... The pursuit of wealth. It's not a flash car. It's not fabulous holidays or great clothing or, you know, all of these kind no. of trappings. No, really. I love traveling. That traveling is one of those things that can make me happy. But in terms of really feeling like, you know, there's a kind of a happiness that's fleeting, I think you get from yeah, those things. No, I know that. And then there's people, a ha- happiness that lasts. And it's the good company is what kind of gives me lasting happiness. Okay. You know, that's kind of happiness. Not a, when, when he says that now, for instance, Ashley, that's not a cop-out, is it? Because that's kind no, of the answer actually, you expect people to give because they'd be in trouble yeah. if they didn't. Like, Well, well, it's actually, it's, well, to be honest, if I was going to give a quiz on happiness, if someone gave me that answer, I'd probably say they're on the right track to happiness because it's, you know, really the things that actually make us happy are those type of things. It's those everyday things like how do you feel on an average Wednesday? I often say that, you know. It's not about the big day or the big event. It's about the everyday. And like, if you're honest, like Kevin, what he just said there, you know, when you're going through good things in your life, the people you celebrate with, and when you're going through tough things, the people who stand by you, that's what makes you happy. That's what makes you happy. Yeah, so but not if you're trying to find somewhere friends. to live or you can't pay your bills or there's a credit debt, credit card debt that needs paying and you haven't got it. Um, Absolutely, you but know, if you do have people, that does help, obviously. You know, I mean, that, like having the right people around you, community will help in any situation. And a lot of people who are in those situations who don't have people, that's, that's you know, part of the big problem. You know, I mean, that's and that's sad, you know. I mean, mm. we all should be so grateful that we have a roof over our head. I mean, they're the things to be happy about, that you can eat food, that you do have a roof over your head, that you have heating, that you can pay the bills. You know, I mean, at the moment, there is so much we can be grateful for. And, you know, some of the people I've met, Neil, over the years, and this is genuine, who've had serious illnesses, who've um, had really bad situations. I didn't even touch on that, incidentally. Illness or bad diagnoses or cancer diagnosis or going through chemo. And I've worked with a lot of refugees over the years and things like that. People who've had really horrific, horrific things happen to them, like that I couldn't even imagine or compare in any way. And some of these people are the most resilient, positive people I've ever met. 
And then I have, you know, people I've met in my life who, you know, something really small might happen and it could break them. So, you know, it really is a matter of perspective and all of us are different when it comes to how we handle things and deal with things, but that's why you have to stay where you are. You work from where you are. Is it, is about, who, is about not concentrating on the trivial then and trying to count your blessings, are you saying? Um, he, yeah, but I, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say not focus on the trivial because to somebody else the trivial might be actually a very big deal and that might be a heavy load for them oh, to carry. Okay, I can, you com- know, I can come back to that in a second if you don't mind. Just uh, interested in this question. Claire, what makes you happy? I think that I definitely resonate as well with what Kevin was saying. I'm really close to my family. I've got um, six older brothers and sisters and I have six nieces and nephews. So, you know, mm-hmm. it can be the small things as well, like just getting a, a picture or whatever on it's your family phone. Then. Yeah, it's family then. Yeah, 100%. It's not waking up on a, a Saturday knowing you're going to have a lion. It's not walking on the beach or walking the mountains. It or, is. It's, it's like those it's, small things as well. It is. It's knowing you're having a lion or it's like going out and getting yourself a nice little coffee or it's, you know, hearing a great song on the radio that you haven't heard in ages. I think it is Well, what's your go-to things. happiness thing? Spending time with my family. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> see, kind of, see, how, how about you, Neil? I kind of... Spending time with my family. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm obliged to say that, aren't I? Or else I won't no, get in the front not. door you, at all. Do you know what? I'll specifically ask you, besides your family, because we'll take that for granted. Ah, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm making the... I ask the questions around here. <laughs> uh, come on, in fairness, you put me on the spot too. <laughs> <laughs> of course on, whatever way you choose. no of course family is first yeah. and as I get older the more I realise that spending time with my wife spending my time with my, my, my son my daughter watching them grow up and you know yeah. pass through the markers in life all of those things uh, I love uh, obviously uh, you know when the weather gets good I love being on the water I love my rib I love being on the sea I love the outdoors I love nature I love good food I, I love all of the things that I think everybody else loves but I'm, I'm just curious as to know you know in, in a snapshot in time what makes somebody happy you know well um, there are as many versions of happiness as there are people on the planet well, that's very true. That's very true. Did you want to jump in one? I just think I, I don't think it's a cop out saying that. No, like, it's just about it's not. It's not like no, because family. I'm not. I'm not saying it because I feel like oh god, I better say this. No, yeah. I'm gonna be in trouble when I go home. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people like when they, you know when you read the questions and answers in magazine, who's the most important person in your life? Oh yeah, my parents. No, it's either my wife or my husband usually, or my partner. And you kind of say, well, I know that. Like, yeah, I know. I suppose though, what I mean when I say that, and I suppose uh, Claire could probably say this as well. Like a lot of people, I mean, I. I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm fortunate that I live in a family that I'm very happy to come back know, to and spend time with. I know that. Other people aren't like that. So for other people, it, other things are more important. Like, or, you know, they find happiness in other things, which is perfectly fine. No, but, but why can't it be a really good, freshly brewed cup of coffee? Because, well, I hate coffee. So no, that's not a good start. No, I know what you mean. But like, like I, 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 there's a difference between, I think when you ask what, what makes you happy, not what brings you happiness. Like there's things like, you know, you can, I, I love, like for example I love playing football I love doing loads of different things you know I love travelling etc et yeah. but it's it's the when I think about ultimately like the quintessential thing that makes me happy like that really brings me family, if, okay. I, if I could discard the everything F-word, else the F-word. they would just okay. be why would didn't just be anybody company. say payday 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like realistic things. But like. payday, like payday, you get it and half of it's gone by the time you get to the no, end of the day anyway. Half it. Yeah, you do. And again, it is that. It's kind of happiness in the everyday. Like, and as you said, mm. cup of coffee, that's a great one. Really good cup of coffee or food. Food makes me really happy. And sometimes there's that moment where you sit down, you have the Netflix ready to go and you have your favourite dinner in front of you and there's no one around Thank to you. bother you. This is something different to family. Do you get what, I, do you get what I'm going with this, Ashling? Absolutely. And like, you know, if, if you were to ask me, I'd give lots of answers as well. Please do. Don't let me yeah. cut you out of the conversation. Go oh, ahead. no, no. Well, I said my nephews because, you know, that's a very new thing to me. They're very young and I just love seeing, you know, young kids and the laughter and the perfection in them. Um, but my family and my friends who are my extended family definitely would be top of the list. My husband's number one, obviously. And after that, then I'd be honest with you, it is the simple things like walking in nature or, you know, having a good conversation with someone that's interesting. Like this, this is, this is nice. You know, this to me is, this is my juice. Like, you know, talking about happiness and bringing more happiness to people's lives. Like, I mean, come on. That's just amazing. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really simple simple things and is there any, you know, if, do you have a bucket list list of of happiness um that, 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 have, that you can impart you know as in advice that you would give or maybe a bit oh, of yeah. pers- you know perspective to people yeah i do and you know i actually do run um workshops they're online still at the moment um called manifestation through meditation where i talk about the science of visualization because again things can be very you know out there airy fairy and i like to make them grounded in science as much as i can and what I do with people is I, I start from the basics. So what I would say is, you know, again, the gratitude, um, you know, just starting your day. I wake up in the morning and genuinely, I intentionally think, OK, I'm grateful I woke up, you know, because a lot of people don't. I have a roof over my head, you know, simple things like that. I have a bed, you know, I, I know I have work to do, like those kind of things, very simple, basic things. And people start from where they are. When it comes to gratitude, it has to be where you're at. And the other thing I would say, Neil, is, Stop the comparative thinking. Stop comparing to people. Impossible you know, in this social media world. Don't get me started on that. People going I to the know, gym because they dislike their body image and the reason they do is they see all of these other fakers on an online yeah. world telling them you can be like me rather than happy in the body you're in. Yeah, but the only person you should want to be is yourself. Everyone else is taken. So, like, work with what you have. And comparing, you know, my husband always says he's an accountant and he says, uh, stop trying to look rich. Or, sorry, don't go broke trying to look rich. And it's true, like, we're doing all these things for show. And, like, you know, at the end of the day, it comes back to how do you feel and what makes you happy? Because if you're doing it for everybody else, you're never going to be happy. Never. Yeah, I know. What is our natural default, though? Negativity, isn't it? Um, well, yeah, well, it, and, well, look, primarily, I suppose, if you think about it again, it's, you know, the hunter-gatherers. Our, na- our natural disposition is fear, isn't it? Yeah, well, like, we're... we're, we're protecting ourselves it's the mechanism of the brain that is more dominant like we're not designed to make us it's not designed to make us happy it's designed to protect us okay so So, yeah yeah. so we're up in the morning with that sense of gratitude um do you you talk about living in the moment um oh yeah well as much as we can do that you know obviously that's going to be better like meditation and being present are probably two of the oldest tools um that humanity um knows of that is free that are free, pardon me, um, that we can all access, you know, just standing outside in nature, listening to the birds, um, taking a few deep breaths, um, having a meditation practice. I actually think those things, if people could start that this year, that would be the best resolution you could make. And you can't fail at it because, you know, you meditate to be better in life, not to be the best at meditation. So wherever you need to start, start. Is that good? Is is meditation good, is it? 
Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> like, but like, we're, we're human, we're human doings now, Neil. No, it's, it's kind of might sound like a stupid question, like saying, "Should I drink water?" But like, is it easy to do meditation? Um, <laughs> is it easy to do? That's a really good question, and the answer is it depends. Um, I find there's times I sit down to meditate and my mind is racing because I have things on my mind, um, but I might have like a millisecond in between where there's just that little gap. How do you do and it? I just feel better. So how do you do it? Just um, talk me through it. Okay, so um, so as you're sitting there, okay, you're sitting down, I presume, Neil? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just take a moment out to feel your feet on the floor. And for all your listeners, just do the same. Feel your feet on the floor. I'm terribly sorry, my feet don't reach the floor. Does that matter? Okay, so just feel your sit bones in the seat. Yeah. And feel your back rest into the chair. Feel your clothes against your skin, perhaps. And maybe the temperature of the air in the room. And feel your breath as it enters your body, filling you up pushing out the edges of your skin and feel your breath as it leaves your body, emptying you. And just take a moment to listen. You probably have earphones on, but for those at home, listen to the sounds around you, maybe next door, outside, listening to the sound of my voice, the sound of your breath. And just notice any taste in your mouth. Perhaps you've had a coffee or tea or breakfast don't need to label it, just notice it. And then move your awareness to any smell or scent in the air. And if your eyes are open, maybe if you want to close them for just a second and turn your attention inwards, closing your eyes into the warmth and darkness, and just check in with yourself in this moment right now, being present where you are. How do you feel? And take another breath. And as you exhale, gently open your eyes into a world where wonderful things are possible. So can it be as long or as short as that? Absolutely. I actually have a free four-minute meditation I put up on YouTube a week ago, Neil, because the clients on my workshops were saying, oh, you put something out there that we could listen to yeah, daily. Yeah. So I did. So anyone who wants to check it out, Ashlyn Cambridge on YouTube, a free four-minute meditation. It's really simple. Um, you know, I thought you were supposed to... to you, you, you were putting a lot of thoughts into my head. I suppose... I, thought, I always thought you were supposed to strip all that out. So you're not thinking... Well, about actually... Being present means you need to bring all your senses in, and that's the science side of it. And obviously, that was a very quick snapshot of what I would do with people in groups. And I have a workshop. I obviously, I have to give a plug here, Neil, at the yeah. end of the month. Um, I had the 20, um, I think it's the 28th, sorry, of January. It's a Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on um, Zoom. I have It's on Eventbrite. The tickets are for sale. It's manifestation through meditation. And it's a two-hour workshop on how to meditate and how to visualize in a very scientific way, very simple and structured technique that I share with people. And I've seen people get amazing results. And would, are there and those think, that wouldn't leave the house before meditating in the morning? Oh, there are some people. Now, I'm, I'm not one of those. Um, I meditate most days and I usually go on to a class to do it. I give classes or I sit and meditate. Sometimes if I have time in the morning, I do that as well. Okay, okay. But, um, you know, everyone's practice is personal. It's not, there is no right or wrong. You know, and, and when it comes to meditation, there is nobody who's an expert. There are people who practice. And anyone who practices anything is always practicing. They're never an expert. You're always learning. Well, now I have the tools to develop a bit of meditation as I go along. Mm. But and finally, before I leave you, we we all know of the impact, say, of processed foods, and maybe yes. and and I, and when people know the importance, I suppose, of omega threes and you know you know um, you know the different types all of the nutrients, your magnesiums and, and things like that. So, assuming that people know all of that, um, what what one piece of advice would you give? Food wise, in just. 
just in general, I mean, I mean, I know we've we've covered an awful lot there. You're talking about, you know, gratitude that, you know, big events won't make you happy. Learning to, you know, live with what you have and look at the more positive aspects of your life. If you could only give one tool, what would it be? Oh, that's a that's a big one. I think I've kind of I think probably the the being present in meditation one will probably be the top, but um, because it's free, you know, and there's so much out there that you can just go onto YouTube or look for an app on meditation, or you could just sit down at home and listen to nice music that has no words, maybe like you know, um, it's just being present. So because that's free and everyone can access it, I think that would be the top one. I would think that would make a difference to people because we live in a world where everyone is so busy in our minds and in our lives that just taking, just like a minute there that we did, Neil, that was a minute, like that can be transformative to somebody. So I think whatever's accessible to everyone, I would think that would be probably the top one okay. because I could give loads of advice, but, you know, we'd be here all for okay. the year. Okay, <laughs> and I dire- I, again, I will direct people to you in the online world, which would be Minister, the number four, Minister for Happiness on Instagram you're on Facebook ministerforhappiness.com and details of Saturday the 28th of January will be there as well yeah yes and the Eventbrite link I pop it up on social media as well on my website okay well why don't don't we do that as well and share it for you Um, brilliant thanks Neil happy new year to you a little bit late and thank you for jumping in on this supposedly blue Monday that perhaps may not be as blue (laughs) after all I bet it's not blue anymore it's red Monday I thought year 21st (laughs) (laughs) well said well said cheers Ashling look after yourself everyone bye bye get it off your chest text the neil brinderville show now 086-8104-106 red fm january 16 2002 welcome to red fm way back then 21 years ago, they certainly weren't talking about a Blue Monday or the most depressing day of the year because it was the day on this day, 21 years ago, that Red FM came on air first. So we'll take caller 9 uh, for the vending machine on 0818 Get dialing. The vending machine is full of presents. We're giving them away, even though it's Red FM's birthday. We're giving the presents away. So get dialing. Caller 9 0818 Go for it. Meanwhile, Karen, good morning. Good morning, how are you? What makes you happy? Well, I was listening to you there this morning and I am surrounded by tons of washing and I was saying on a day-to-day basis what really makes me happy is getting a ton of washing done. But you have like, a washing machine have, for that. Just throw it in there. I know, but get, getting dry. a ton of washing dry. Getting it all dry. It's so hard these days to get a ton of washing dry. And of course, I have a husband and I have a little baby and everything. But I'm saying what actually makes me happy on a and satisfied on a day-to-day basis is just getting a ton of washing dry. And is Monday the day for that? Oh yeah, Monday because it's so it's so gloomy anyway. So yeah. do you use, do you use a washing line then when the seasons allow you to do it? Oh god, yeah, much better. Oh okay. god, yeah, I do. So and I don't have a tumble dryer, you see. Oh, so it makes everything much harder. Then you, yeah, well, that's why you get such up a, on a ton of horses. All right, so yeah. th- that's why you get such a buzz out of you don't have a tumble dryer. No, 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 that's too expensive. <laughs> and do you have a happy place? A happy place. Yeah. Oh, God. A happy place is out in the sun having a drink with my husband. <laughs> but it's, what would that be? Anywhere. Would that be the back garden on a sunny day? Would it be it at the be beach? At the back garden. It could be... Um, no, outside. Normally a beer garden would do it for me. <laughs> a beer garden. <laughs> so <you're laughs> It would be brilliant. That's why I'm really looking forward to the, the sunny weather coming back. You it won't be long. You know? The days are getting that little bit longer, aren't they? 
I know they are yeah definitely definitely looking forward now to going I'm in Balancholic looking forward to going for a walk in the regional park in real sunny weather but you know? there's your happy place you got two places you got that the is. regional park yeah. and you got a beer garden with your husband and okay. the will be drying at home and you're yeah. going to get good drying today <laughs> we will yeah we will good luck <laughs> thanks for that you sound like a very I'm happy person day. take care thank you so much Cheers. Karen for the birthday greetings uh, Dennis Sheehan's in Mahan Dennis good morning Good morning. All right, my friend. Well uh, done. Call very happy birthday to all Red FM. Uh, 21st birthdays are important ones, aren't they? Uh, they certainly are. Okay, my friend. Well done. You're calling on Kevin. Yes, sir. Right. We're back to the vending machine for you, Dennis. All right? So we'll pop okay. we'll pop some door of that vending machine. If you can give me uh, a letter between A and F. B. And a number between 1 and 4. Four. Okay, Kev, do your thing for B4. Punch B in B4. Four. It's like a game of battleships. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, is it? Yeah, it just about came out there now. I'm reaching in. Oh, this is getting more and more difficult. There's envelopes inside there. That's what's taking so long, Dave. Dennis, the you've won absolutely not normally joking. You've won a 100 euro gift voucher for Fifth Avenue. Well done. Thank you very what, much. What, what do they do again? Nails, is it? The Nail and Beauty Boutique by okay. Oliver Plunkett. You fancy Street. getting your nails done, Dennis? <laughs> I, uh, toenails. <laughs> well, you do now. Your toenails are in a shocking condition, man. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dad Redison. You're welcome, my friend. Good luck. <laughs> I love it. Mental image I could do without. So that's the nails. Might as well get the fingernails done while he's at it as well. A hundred bucks. We'll do it again in the next hour, guys. Celebrating the 21st birthday of Cork's Red FM. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. We're talking about this Blue Monday that was originally caught up by a travel company and they tried to back it up with a a, a psychotherapist who did the maths on it and came up with an algorithm that the month was so long and December was Christmassy and money was spent and, of course, New Year's resolutions failing and dark days, that this was the bluest day of them all this Monday in January. One way of brightening up your Monday, of course, would be to scoop our offbeat donuts, which is a box of donuts, 12 or so, maybe even more. And we will hand well, we'll hand deliver the box to you by Red Patrollers today. If you're a fan of donuts, ask a simple question: What makes you happy? And do you have a happy place? Text 0868104106 on that one, and uh, you're going to scoop if you're lucky enough before mid today a box of donuts from Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street. Now, by text already this morning. Uh, thank you. Elish came back to me. Um, with regards to Pushog, she was talking because on Friday we were talking about Friday the 13th. It's an interesting text on that uh, just ahead of Vailish. It says, Friday the 13th was lucky for my partner and I. My daddy was born on the 13th. We got our house, which was number 13, and we've had good luck since we moved in. 13 is actually my lucky number. Um, I will still, though, say hello to a single magpie. We all do that, don't we? Waving at single magpies. What was that? One for sorrow, two for joy three for a girl and four for a boy, something about a carriage and a marriage after that. But Eilish came back then on uh, Pishogs, she says, from the farm uh, when she was growing up. If a nasty, evil person wanted to wish bad luck 
on your person, your farm or your livestock, they would work some sort of black magic to bring evil to you. Some examples were eggshells in the potato furrows, so the crop would fail. Another popular one was this, and it actually happened to my dad. All his in-calf cows were losing their calves, which was very unusual. So he finally got a mass said on the land, and the problem disappeared. As in, somebody actually put a black magic spell on the land, or indeed on the cows. So finally got the mass said, and that was, that was sorted. Another favourite was leaving a box of eggs on your doorstep, I wouldn't do it today because it's too expensive. But back in the day, I'm not sure what the implication of that was, but it meant it was meant to bring evil to the home. And lastly, lumps of raw meat dumped in plastic bags on country roads. My brothers often came across them while driving at night. Isn't that extraordinary? The Peshogs of yesteryear. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, I'm listening over 15 years. I've often laughed out loud. I've often cried. I've even won a few prizes, so well done. May they have many more happy birthdays to come. And that's Eilish. She says, ex-Kerry, but still up the kingdom. And some lovely Red FM birthday greetings. Happy 21st birthday to Red FM. My son is also 21 in a fortnight's time. Great to have you both in my life. Happy birthday to Red FM. I've been a constant contributor and listener from day one. You certainly have, Anthony, and it's always great to talk to you on air, and it's always great to get your texts and your emails. May we have many more happy years together with you sharing your thoughts on everything. Uh, Morning, happy birthday. It's also my birthday today. I'm a little older than your radio station at 21 years, but I'm definitely, definitely not blue today, nor have I broken any New Year's resolutions. Good for you. Because I told myself that 2023 was going to be a good year. And I'm still positive that it will be, says Caroline. You see? The power of positive thinking. I remember back to the 16th of January 2001. Red FM had just started and I worked in Beeline Taxis. We had the contract with Red FM at the time. The man Ezek, God rest his soul, was on the air. And your man Charlie Wolf. Happy days. Thank you for that text of birthday greetings. Uh, The Cork City Hospital Children's Club would also like to wish Red FM a happy 21st birthday. Thank you for the continuous support throughout all of the years. And happy birthday to you all from John Looney and all the volunteers at the Cork City Hospitals Club. And there's many more like that. Birthday greetings for Red FM's 21st birthday and thank you for them. But back to this Monday, right? And over the years I've also spoken in the past with Paul Hunter, the hypnotist. He's actually written a book on the topic of happiness or trying to create a world that will be kinder to you where your past experiences are left in the past your future can be controlled so it's a more positive or exciting one and how to deal in the present Um, and he's always great for a call actually with regards to the power of the mind on this day with people and all of their new year resolutions and what have you. Paul good morning Good morning, Neil. And it's good chatting with you. It's been a while. I, I know the book is called Get Happy Right Now. Can it be done, though? I think it can. And I think, first of all, I think people have to understand that there is a set of rules to happiness. Um, there are things you have to do, and there are things you've got to stop doing. So 
So um, I, I was listening to actually the Minister for Happiness there earlier on. She, she actually alluded to one or two of them. Like, for instance, comparing yourself to somebody. And I heard you saying in this age of social media that that's very difficult. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. Because we all look on social media, we see the fabulous photo of somebody with their birthday celebrations and all of that. And we think, oh, my birthday wasn't as good as that. You know? And they got bubbles my, and Prosecco and, and they're they out and they're absolutely. snapping and videoing and everything. And it's not absolutely it's not attainable for everybody. That kind Absolutely of true. So that brings me to the topic towards the end of the book, which is called Live and Let Live, which is a really interesting concept. Because you see, when we talk about that, we all kind of think that we do it. But what we're really doing is we're living and let living with people that agree with us, with people that it's easy to do us with. But it's the people that it's not easy to do it with. That's where the challenge is. Mm, yeah, so well, just get them out of your life, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I have actually done that myself in the past um, with one or two people. Yeah. Um, and it's been great when I've done it. Um, I felt a sense of freedom. Is that, is that um, just to give a typical example of that, is that somebody in your life that is... Uh, a hoover as opposed to a radiator you know they just drag everything they just drain you of all of your positivity or happiness they're just absolutely yeah and in my case it was a particular person who was trying to tell me how to live my life and I always had the you should do this and you should do that um, so eventually I just had to get rid of them from my life yeah. and my life has been definitely happier since there are a lot of people that come to see me in the clinic who don't do that. They haven't the, the cojones to use that phrase to do it. You know? They just keep tolerating people in their lives and they never literally do anything. They'll just maybe have a conversation or an interaction with them. They'll walk away from that and they'll give out about them, but won't actually do anything about them. That's interesting. So, so have an audit of the people in your life. Can I, can I just also maybe add to that? What, what about, because we live in a kind of a strange world now where everybody gets offended and everybody has, more and more people have a sense of entitlement. Should the message be that life is tough, get over it and get on with it? Absolutely. The other thing I think, and the, the point that you quite rightly raised, is that idea of taking offence. What we're really saying there is that we're not able to tolerate the idea that somebody else might have a different opinion to us. Which, of course, is ridiculous because the more we do that, um, we just end up feeling bad. Um, there's a, a brilliant quote, actually, from the Buddha um, where he says, um, anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, which is it's a brilliant quote. But it's so the, true. What's the best way to deal with that? Not giving a damn of what people think of you? That's very hard. It takes years at that. You have, you're, 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 you become quite you're quite older before you get to that stage though I well I agree I'm I'm relatively old now I'm 57 years of age I finally come to that ability um, I do think it takes practice and I think that the most important thing is get started 
get started, practice on somebody, practice in some situation where in the past you might have developed a resentment to somebody. Now just practice looking at them and thinking, you know what, I wish you all the best. I hope life goes well for you. And I'm delighted you have a different opinion than me. Is that like an invisible barrier? Absolutely, it is, yeah. You see, it's we've got to, I suppose, um, figure out what's our power. We have no power to change another person's opinion or belief or anything like that. So instead of meddling in something that we have no influence over, it's about looking where our power is. Our power is to literally not care, to wish the person well, to let it go. Um, and that's really, I suppose, the thing that we need to focus on, not the other stuff that we can't control. Okay, so that's a good exercise for people to start beginning on, right? But but then we have the day-to-day aspects of everybody's life. And one of them, of course, one of the, one of the big talking points all of the time now is the cost of living and the cost of everything. The job that you do, how much you earn, trying to make it stretch. It's hard to stay focused and positive you know, um, you know, in the, in the times that we live in now, you know, you can throw in, you know, the weather or, uh, you know, the fact that it is January. And I was talking this morning about it being a long month. And, you know, this is also mm-hmm. the time when people make New Year's resolutions that fail. Where are you on all mm. of that? I mean, you know. Well, I think I think you can make resolutions and you can make them work, but you've got to be sure you're setting good goals for yourself, goals that are attainable and achievable. So, for instance, if you're 20 stone, um, don't set a New Year's resolution that says I'm going to lose 10 stone by the summer. That's just a little bit ridiculous. You're setting yourself um, up for a fail there, by and large. Yeah, you absolutely are. Yeah. So it's about being realistic, but it's also about when you achieve a small goal, the thing that a lot of people forget to do is they forget to praise themselves for it. Praising ourselves for achieving a small goal sets up a habit pattern. And it essentially makes us want to repeat over and over again the success. So what we really need to do is we need to break our big goal down into small little chunks and have a little celebration at the end of every single part of that that larger goal. So are you a big advocate of liking or loving yourself? Oh, without a doubt. Is that going to be the hardest thing to do? Mm. Well, it's the thing that we never practice. That's probably one of the truer so things. So how do you to say. how do you how do you work on that? Because if you, you, you if you don't like yourself, you're never going to have a happy life, and you're never going to really appreciate others if you don't appreciate yourself. That's right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And you see, the thing is, there's a lot of um, kind of old sayings about that. You know, my my mother-in-law once said to me, you know, uh, as I was praising myself openly, you know, she said, "Oh, self praise is no praise," you know. To which I replied. Actually, it's great. You should try it sometime. Well, but not if you come across as cocky or obnoxious or, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just about, I suppose, most self-love needs to be done on the inside. You need never let anybody else know, but you've got to have a good relationship with yourself inside your own head. Does so, that involve, so that involves forgiveness, does it? 
I think it involves being kind to yourself. What, what I would always say to my clients is, imagine yourself as a five-year-old child. Now, talk to yourself the way that you have been talking to yourself. And most of them end up having tears coming from their eyes because it just feels so wrong because you wouldn't speak to a five-year-old child the way that you generally tend to speak to yourself. Do they do that under hypnosis? Um, Typically they would, yeah. And typically, what would that conversation be like? It would be where I would uh, maybe create the scene, ask them to go to their favourite peaceful place, maybe a beach or something like that, and then imagine there's a child just up ahead playing in the sand, looking really happy, and then as they walk closer, they realize it's themselves. Do they see themselves as a five-year-old? Absolutely, they do indeed. And then um, they, they're encouraged to speak to themselves using the exact same words that they've told me about five minutes ago that they use to speak to themselves harshly or however they self-criticize. Use those words with the five-year-old child and see the five-year-old child bursting into tears or being upset because most five-year-old children would if you speak that way. And does the five-year-old version of themselves get upset? Uh, No, Uh, or sorry, yes, uh, the five-year-old version does actually get upset, that's correct, yeah. And um, which, of course, tugs at the heartstrings and gets them to realise, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this to myself. Maybe I should be a bit kinder to myself. Because, you see, I think for any change, we have to feel it. We have to feel the need for it, you know. And when they come out of the hypnotic state, do they still recall the five-year-old conversation? Absolutely, yeah, they do. And typically what most people would say to me when they come back to me a week later would be that they have thought of or dreamt of their five-year-old child um, a couple of times during that week. And that that memory of doing that in the session previously had helped them to be kinder to themselves during the course of the week. And you see, I think we can all do it. As in not sweat the small stuff, is it? Yeah, we can all do that, Neil. You know, Um, we really have to um, just, um, I suppose, embrace the whole idea that it's important, you know, because there's nothing wrong with loving yourself. Um, As I regularly tell people, nobody dies Mm. if you suddenly change to loving yourself, Mm. you know. Mm. Um, But the interesting thing is, when you are happy, you are like a sun radiating happiness around you. You make other people happy by being happy. And then do good things happen then because you've changed your disposition, do you believe? It's it's interesting. Um, Darren Brown, uh, a friend of mine who's on uh, Netflix uh, a fair bit and uh, previously was on Channel 4. That's right. He did a very interesting uh, experiment with this on one particular occasion where um, he got two teams of five people. They were testing out whether luck actually existed. And he got two teams of five people to walk down a long road. There were 10 10 pound notes hidden at various uh, parts of the road. I can't remember the exact figures, but I do remember that the people who believed they were lucky um, found most of the tenors. The people who believed they were unlucky actually hardly found any. I know, it's it's just that is incredible because I had written down here when I was listening to you, why is it that we see people who just seem to be lucky in life 
Um, okay. is, is it because is it because they are? Is it because they worked at it? Is it because they paid more attention in school? Is it because they kissed the ass of bosses? Better what? Um, Actually, it's very simple. Um, As um, human beings, we can only take in and process a certain amount of information. Um, Psychologists kind of, um, I suppose, have speculated that in every second of our day, there are 6,000 bits of information. But as human beings, we can only take in about five to nine of those, somewhere between five and nine. And they say that those 6,000 thoughts today, 4,000 of them will be the same tomorrow and the same 4,000 the day after, you know? Absolutely. And a lot of them are formed by our previous experiences, our previous biases. Um, So our past has a lot to play in our present and in our future. So this is why in the book, I constantly bang on about you have to have a good relationship with your past. You have to have a bright future ahead of you. And you have to learn how to largely live in the present. Um, And I think in terms of living in the present, I think we don't even need to go as far as uh, things like meditation. Just even when we're having a conversation, and I'd I'd throw out this challenge to your listeners today. When you're having a conversation today, just tell yourself at the very beginning of that conversation, this is the most important moment of the day. Really listen like a sponge. When you... that's being in the present moment. When you, you when you talk about being in the present moment, uh, I, won't, I won't keep you much longer. But I'm just wondering if if you if somebody has the characteristics of something of someone who is everything is always wrong. People are always mm-hmm. talking about them. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're like they they go, they go into they get bad service all of the time. They go into a retail mm-hmm. setting and the staff are rude. They, they always find the negative in everything. Are they on a hiding to nothing if they don't change that way of thinking? I I believe so. Um, And the question that I would normally ask people like that is, um, why is it important for you to change? But more importantly, how are you contributing to all of that bad stuff that's happening? Because you see, we're not blameless. It's the same in every argument that we have. Nobody is 100% innocent. We take part. We form emotions. So if you changed your mindset and took on a happier disposition and worked at it, almost like kidded yourself into believing it initially, Mm -hmm. you will reap the benefits of it long term. As long as you're practicing the habits of happiness, then you have to get happier. Can you not just hypnotize me to be happier? (laughs) Um, Well, yes and no. It depends on whether you want to be happy or not. Because, you see, I can hypnotize you to believe that you're happy from now on if you want that. But if deep down you think, do you know what, I'm going to to want to hang on to being a, a grouchy old person. I'm not saying you're a grouchy person. No, I know what you mean. I know, I know what you mean. But, it's like, it's like um, yeah, yeah, I know. It's Sometimes it can be called the Irish way, you know, the begrudger, Absolutely. the person who's suspicious. Absolutely. They look at others and they... Mm-hmm. You know, um, they take an instant dislike to somebody else's success. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I would typically counter that with is, what would you be like 
if you weren't like that. <laughs> so, in other words, you've got to start thinking about this person that you want to be. You taking clients with this topic? I know you have the book, Get oh, Happy I, Right Now. Where's the, book ava- where's the book available? The book is available in all um, e- e-book retailers and paperback retailers online, p- uh, people like Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and of course, Amazon. Get Happy Right Now by the Cork. Get Happy Right Now. Expert life coach, hypnoanalyst, analyst, and hypnotist, Paul Hunter. Good to catch up on the day that's in it. Uh, do stay in touch, though, Paul. I sure will, Neil. Look after yourself. Take care. Paul Hunter. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I see a lot of people coming in and responding to what makes you happy. Uh, I think that maybe some of it is being motivated by a box of donuts. That's what would make you happy. But I'm interested in your thoughts anyway. Uh, let me get to a phone. I'll take one call this side of the outbreak. Lorraine. Hi, Neil. How are you? For ya? the day that's in at this bluest of Mondays, what makes you happy? Uh, I think for me, over the last few years, I've started to be grateful. I started a gratitude journal and it has totally changed my life. How does a gratitude journal work? Uh, I just write a few things every day, simple little things that I'm grateful for. And I'm teaching my children to do the same every night before we go to sleep. I ask them, what are you grateful for today? Simple things like we had a nice day, we had a nice dinner, it was dry, it was sunny. And it's changing their perspective on life. I wish I knew that when I was younger. But can you come up with different reasons to be grateful every day? Or is it like when I was a young fellow, I went to confession and it was always the same sins? No, I think the different things. And the more you write down what you're grateful for, so many more things come to you, you know? Like I used to be very negative before and I'd be saying, oh, I have to go to work now today. Whereas now I get into the car, I say, thank you for my car. Thank you for my job. I, before my feet touch the ground in the morning, I list five things I'm grateful for. And throughout the day, hundreds of more things come to me. But how do you for. deal with challenges, though? Uh, I, everything I say, this too shall pass. And it does, like my perspective has totally changed. And I think my children will grow up like that now, you know, because that's the way they're learning. And it's just a brilliant way to live. And I can't express, like even my dog here now, I'm so grateful for my dog, you know, they've no egos, they're pure love and just love, really love and gratitude will change your life. Um, So you start the day with gratitude and you end the day with the the gratitude journal. Just before, yeah, I end the day with the gratitude journal and just when I'm falling to sleep, I think that works the best when you're sleepy and you list the things you're grateful for or the things you want to manifest. Just say it, especially when you're really sleepy or first thing when you wake up in the morning. And things manifest for me, you know, and it works for my sisters as well and my brothers. It's just the way to live. I and think. those manifestations are like making wishes that actually come true, are they? Yeah, yeah, they are. Like? Like, uh, I really wanted to change my car there two years ago and I was dreaming of the exact car I wanted. And the next day I found it, went to the credit union, it was... You know, I just got the. I was saying to myself, "This is going to be effortlessly and easy," and it was. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And every morning when I'm I'm here now, I'm brushing the floor, mopping the floor. I'm thank you for my home. I am so grateful. Thank you for the oil to heat the house. Thank you for that I can pay my bills instead of saying when a bill comes in, "Oh no, I have to pay the bill." Now I'm like, "Thank you that I'm able." <laughs> thank to pay you for the bill. bill. Thank you for the bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
thank you for the bill because I'm in a happy place with a beautiful home where the bill was made. Yeah, and I can I'm able to pay it, so I'm so grateful for I can, that. And I, I can afford to pay you. I must start working exactly, on that. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Lovely yeah. conversation. Thanks for sharing, Lorraine. Appreciate thank it. You, Take thank care. You. Well happy done. Birthday. And Bye. thank you for the Thanks. 21st birthday greetings as well for Red FM. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Okay, just hold the calls for a second, guys. A lot of texts on what makes you happy. I've been trying to flip this bluest Monday on its head and look at the more positive rather than everybody buying into the narrative of what people tell us that we should be doing and should be feeling on any particular day. Uh, Lindsay Kelleher says, My happy place is at home in my bed with my two doggies watching a movie. Uh, Dave in Dublin Hill says, What makes me happy? easiest question in the world listening to the Beatles every day I love it well done Dave Uh, what makes me happy going out for walks together with our two dogs and talking about wedding plans we're getting married in just over four and a half months and the excitement is really setting in says Eva that's her happy place what makes me happy going to y'all and walking the boardwalk with my son beside me on his scooter says Susan Barry who does the trip regularly I imagine from Farnry to y'all. What makes me happy is my conscious daily appreciation of the time that I have on this planet, the time I have with my children, the time that I have to walk outside with them and show them all the beauty this wonderful world has to offer. Open your eyes. A time will come when I will close my eyes and never look into my children's eyes again. But until then, I vow to fully appreciate all the time I have. This, to me, is happiness, says Roisin in Middleton. have to say, Roisin, you sound to me as if you're in a super place. Stay there. I'm happy out walking or just doing stuff and pottering in the shed. That's my happy place. <laughs> you wouldn't want to come down and open the, open the door of my shed. Firstly, you wouldn't be able to get in with the junk. I'm getting a skip, though. Then I'll be in a happy place. I love reading a good book in my comfortable, warm bed, even now. I feel happy. There you go. Just to snuggle up in a comfortable, warm bed. And some would say that the gratitude of that should be that you have a comfortable, warm bed in your own home with your own roof over your head and you're warm. And there's more on the Labba. My Labba. I love hopping into bed nice and early. There's loads of these. Give me Giving makes me happy. Whether it's cooking a lovely meal for my family, baking a lovely birthday cake for a friend, small gifts compliments, smiles. If I'm feeling blue, all I do is give a little something to someone and it sparkles my day instantly. They say, you know, the old sayings are the good ones. It's in the giving that you receive. What makes me happy is seeing others happy, especially my family and friends. Happy birthday to all at Red FM, says Marguerite in Mayfield. And there's loads more. Lorraine in Whitechurch says, What makes me happy, Neil asks. Practicing gratitude. I've changed my life by looking for things to be grateful for. Every night before bed, I ask my children also what they're grateful for. It's a simple thing to do and it will change your perspective on life. Uh, And Richie says in Whitegate, My happy place would be sitting on site with the coffee and the offbeat donuts. Simple as. <laughs> if you don't ask, you won't receive. And I love this one from Thomas Roach. Neil asks, what makes me happy? Where's my happy place? A pint of Beamish in my local sissy. And just a few more quickly. Marie says, I love reading a good book in a lovely warm bed. Even the thought of it now is making me happy. That's another one. Just a book that you can't wish, you can't wait to get back to pick up again. 
And sometimes those that book can be so good you read it number, numerous times, right? My happy place is going around Currabinny Wood, where I grew up. My happy place would be if we could remove this government and then all will be okay. <laughs> Final one. Happy birthday to Red FM. Uh, my happiness is leaving the past behind me, moving forward in life and being grateful that every day my eyes open and I start a new day. Gratitude is happiness within itself. There's some really empowering texts this morning, guys, and thank you for them. Do keep them coming. And just uh, for the heck of it, for one of those What Makes You Happy texts, we do have a box of Monday Munchy Donuts to give away from Offbeat Donuts. So keep them coming. Text 0868104106. I have two photographs in front of me, and there is a story behind these two photographs. So let's get the first half of the story from Tanya. Tanya, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Now, you have sent me the photograph of the medal in question, but first of all, you got a lot of stuff in a charity shop in Cove before Christmas, and you I, bought, I you bought a, a, yeah. a, a whole bag of things, including dolls and dolls' clothing and, and, and things like that. But the, the bag, pick up the story, the bag was heavier than you thought, was it? The bag, yeah, yeah Neil, I bought um, my next generation dolls. I bought, they were a tenner each in perfect uh, condition. So, gratitude dolls, and the girl at the desk said to me, she says, I have a bag of stuff out the back, she says, for those dolls, she says, I'm going to go and fetch them. So, now, they came with crutches, boot skates, the whole last meal, outfits, everything, right? So, the bag was a bit heavy for plastic, so I didn't move through it. I just said, great, I'll take them. So, I didn't have time to go through it, so I put them straight to the addict on the school run. And Christmas Eve, when I was going through the stuff, Obviously, I missed the medal because it was at the bottom, but everything was pristine, so I sprayed everything with antibacterial. Dolls were perfect. Next meal, Christmas morning, I'm out preparing the veg and, and the child comes out and sitting on meal with Sonia O'Sullivan's. 5K, 1995 Gothenburg World Champion medal around her neck. That's a very serious medal now. Oh, it's the it's the gold in Gothenburg in the five thousand yes. meters nineteen ninety five World Championships. And, yes, me. And it's on I it's can, it's on the it's on the, the the ribbon if you like that goes around your neck and the medal hangs from it. It's the original ribbon. I googled it. It's the same medal. It's Gothenburg. I. It's crazy, crazy story. So I said to her, "Where did you get that?" So she showed me. It was all the the crutches and the dolls boot skates and everything so I must have missed it at the bottom right and so what colour is it? it's it's the original if you go online Neil it's the same it's stamped it's worn where they bite them it's gold it's gold and it, has and, this, and yeah. it says celebrating gold this is the inscription on the medal and down at the end it says around the medal then world championships 1995 yeah. Gothenburg yeah, it says Sonia, 5K, Euromedic Ireland, and on the back it says celebrating the 5,000 gold world championships in 1995 in Gothenburg. How did you feel when you picked it up and took it out of the bag? Uh, Neil, I was shaking, sure. Neil, I, I asked the child, where did you find that? So she brought me to the bag. And, oh, Neil, it was just crazy. Do you crazy. think it is the medal? Oh, it is. I know. It's heavy. It's It's... It has to be me. It's the original colour. I was online myself. I looked at it. I went to the... I looked it up online. It's the same medal. It's in the original, same colour um, for the 
you know, it's it's it. I was intrigued at this story when I heard about it so much so that I tried to we tried to get on to Sonia O'Sullivan herself, who's in America. I don't. I hope I'm not going to burst your bubble, Tanya, and take gold away and give you bronze or brass or no medal at all. But I got Sonia's dad online too, John O'Sullivan. John, good morning. Good morning, Niles. How are you doing? I'm good, my man. I don't know whether you got to see the photograph of the medal that Tanya has. Have you? Because I think you're no. driving, so you probably haven't. But has she got Sonia's gold medal? I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, at, Maybe. At some time there, they, at some time there, they had a celebration races in Dublin and they had some in Cove. And they had replicas of the maid. Oh no! Oh no! And they, they, everyone that ran the race, and especially the kids, the kids were up in the tech field, and everyone that ran so many laps of the field got a medal as well. Do you know no. where Sonia's uh, five thousand meter nineteen ninety five World Championship gold medal is? No, I wouldn't know. Me, I wouldn't know offhand where it is, but it's it's probably safe somewhere anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, would Sonia would Sonia know where it is? I I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> really? But I'd say I'd say I'd say that if if you look at that medal, yeah, there is a difference. There is a difference from the original and to the replicas. Okay. If you look at it, there's a there's a glass center in it. There is, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Is there yeah. is there an air bubble in the middle of it? There's not. That's that's a copy. I see the original it. medal has an air bubble, I an air bubble in the middle of it. I have a photograph in front of me of Sonia in 1995, having just received this gold medal, and it has an insert in the middle of it. And right in the middle, there yeah. seems to be a little gold bubble. No, it's, it's just an air bubble. It's just an air bubble. Whatever it looks it. like, it's like a tiny circle within yeah. a bigger circle, and that would indicate yeah. that it's original. Um, yeah, but yeah. yours doesn't and, and, have and, that. Yeah, Tanya. And and if you if if as that girl said there that um, something about medical services or something like that. Euro Euromedic Ireland. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Euro Euro Ireland. Yeah. And yeah, then it goes they, down they, they sponsor, Yeah, they sponsored they sponsored that race in up in Dublin. Sat Tanya. It would appear, okay. without fear of contradiction, that you sadly have a replica. Okay, okay. <laughs> I hate, I hate to be the no, 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 no. Maybe, no, maybe no. Sonia was to, does Sonia know where that medal is? She does, because I, I, <laughs> well, found I, it, I, I would imagine, like I was thinking all over Christmas when I saw the child with it. Maybe that it, the kids, Sonia's kids beforehand, were playing with it, or that it got misplaced. They might have the put it in the black bin. The black you know, bin bag. Don't 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 burst your kids' bubble anyway. Tell her that it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have a look when I go home. The medal might be at home somewhere. Or, or, or I'll contact Sonia. Find out does she know where it is. I bet you Sonia knows. I bet you Sonia knows where every single piece of hardware is. Every medal and every trophy of every color. I'm quite sure she knows where everything is. No, no. Re- recently, I asked her where where the Olympic medal was, and she says, "I I think it's in Australia." <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, listen. Don't don't feel bad about it, Tanya. I mean, no, whether, no. <laughs> whether you want I to tell your I daughter the, the truth, th- go on, John. Yeah, 
There's one of them medals I'd say in every house in Cove. <laughs> oh no, that makes it so much worse. Well, I don't know about that. She needs to have a look for it, though. <laughs> You're not giving up hope, are you, Tanya? I am not. Sure. I, I could have spot gold myself. <laughs> Okay, well, we need we need to get a definite answer from Sonia as to where yeah, the medal right. actually is, John. All right, come back to me on that. Right, we'll check, check it out. Check it out. Thank you, John. Happy New okay. Year. All right, Grand Cheers. Tanya, you're not giving up yet, though, no? Not at all, not at all. But you know what, Neil? <laughs> Funny enough, Neil, right? I didn't even know I had it because it was in my attic Christmas week. And funny enough, I was doing the last week of the school run and Sonia O'Sullivan was in Cove. And she passed, and I said to Senator, I said, send her, Sonia O'Sullivan. He says, who's she? Uh-huh. And I said, do you know the statue downtown? And he says, well, she's walking. <laughs> but then, that's a generational thing, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, God loves me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hold on, hold on to it until we can get one hundred percent proof. You're convinced. It's very heavy. Me. What? It's very heavy. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, it's yeah, probably, it's probably silver and then plated with gold. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> You know? what, could be just, what would be an alloy? I mean, just some sort of a fakey metal that's made up of, I don't know, would it be brass? Or? It has the same original um, stitching around. No, but think same. about it, Tanya. If it has Euromedics on the back of it, sure, like Euromedics would have had nothing to do with the Gothenburg um, World Championships. Yeah, but it says on the other side, Neil, it says celebrating Sonia's gold. World Championship 1995. It's it's definitely not original then because when that medal was cast, it wouldn't have been cast with her name on it because they wouldn't have known she was going to win the race. So it's got to be a replica. Come on. What would her name be? It's it's her five, uh, the 5,000 gold. So (laughs) celebrating 5,000 gold. And it's World Champions Gothenburg, so I don't know. Maybe is her name is her name engraved on it? Just Sonia Five K. Not you're, Sonia Sullivan, just Sonia Five K. You are the most optimistic person I've ever met. Well, look, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have struck gold myself, Neil. You, you, well, listen, you hold. There's some. There's always a chink of hope. Let's see. But, I mean, just, I'm amazed at your positivity. But we'll we'll find out categorically, yay or nay, all right? Well, it could have been put into a bag. The kids could have been playing with it years back. It might have been. It might have been. Obviously, I would imagine that the dolls would have came from Sonia's parents' attic, I, I I would imagine, because I found him in my local charity shop. I love your positivity and your optimism. I really do. And I hope... That you're right, although I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. But you never know. Well, it'd be nice to, to give something back, you know. Oh, yeah. would you return you it would? if it were original? You would. Yeah, of course I would. Fair play to you, Tanya. Fair play to you. you. Okay, I'll be back to you as soon as I have an update on it. All right. Stuff. Thanks a million. Lovely chatting with you. You've made my day with your positivity and your optimism. I hope nobody ever bursts your bubble. We shall have to wait and see what happens. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Happy 21st birthday to Cork's Red FM 21 years ago to the day. And we're giving presents away all day long today. We're uh, doing the business with the uh, Red FM vending machines 
So call her nine now on 0818 104 106 gets to pop the vending machine for another gift. So get dialing. Call her nine 0818 104 106 while we talk just very briefly before we quit on what makes you happy and where's your happy place. Just really rapid calls if you don't mind. Karen, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? Thanks for holding. Um, I don't know how you feel about Blue Monday but what's your happy place? Well, I said it this way. My happy place is with Andy and he's actually from Dublin, Dublin and he's like he's so nice and he just kind of looks after me he just makes me smile makes me happy and we love each other what do you intend to do about that you know I'm going to go up to him now like like a few days and then we're going to go to a few concerts maybe travelling and then we'll just um, go from there I suppose so he's your happy place yeah he's my happy place like he actually like makes my life like happy he knows how to, if I'm upset, like, he knows how to make me happy and we just kind of laugh, like, you know. In spite of the <laughs> distance between Cork and Dublin, you need to rectify that. Well, I mean, I could get, like, the train up, I suppose, you know. <laughs> good one, good one. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Karen. Lisa, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Where's your happy place? When are you happy? I am happy when the kids are sleeping, <laughs> the dogs are gone to bed. I've sent my husband to bed and I'm sitting in the living room, my feet up with a nice cup of tea. Nothing like it. Oh my God, I can so relate to that as being the last person up every night in my own home. It's a nice feeling, isn't it? It really is. After such a crazy day, just to sit down and relax and be grateful that you have a few minutes peace (laughs) before you start it all again the next day. I love it. Just that (laughs) cup of tea at the end of the day on your own with your feet up. It's just a, yeah, that's a great one. I love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Maybe I love it so much because I get get your feeling, you know? I get your feeling. It's a good one. Appreciate that. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Thank you. Alan. Hi, Nate. Where's your happy place, man? My happy place is inside my kitchen. Don't know, just cooking dinner. The kids are running around the house happy, always playing with all the toys. And you just have Red FM blasting out over the Alexa. And what are you cooking? Are you handy? Are you handy, like... Right, whatever. Could be anything at all, from poppy dinner to a roast or a bit of bacon or <laughs> cakes or whatever the kids really want. You're baking cakes? Yeah, I'm making cakes and... Who taught you all that handiness? Want, really. Who taught you to be uh, the MacGyver in the kitchen? Aaron, my mother was always a good cook and I like doing it then, so I was always something I was interested in. Like. And you're okay with the bashing and the crashing and the screaming and the fighting? I come here, of course. There's nothing you can't, nothing better. Nothing better. <laughs> you know, they're happy when they're fighting. <laughs> I love that. You know? I love that. What are you cooking today? Um, a bit of poppies and ham now today. <laughs> do, you, do you have set dinners for set days? Like, is poppies uh, and ham on really. a Monday? Just stew whatever and the fancy takes. Whatever the fancy. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> and what are you baking today? Play uh, uh, cupcakes. I have to wait for this mom to come home now from school and she wants to make cupcakes. Oh my sure. God, I love it. I tell you what, don't bother with the yeah. cupcakes. I'm going to give you a box of donuts instead, all right? Ah, oh, brilliant. You can, take, you can take the day off baking today and we'll get yeah. delivered to the house. You are you on the north side? Yeah, yeah. Whereabouts are yeah, you? Not Nahini. Okay, there's a box of offbeat donuts on the way to you. There's 12 to 15 of them. You might want to share them with the park. Well done. Appreciate it. No problem. Your yeah, happy place in the much. kitchen, cooking and baking with all of the noise of the kids around you. Happy days. Nice one, Alan. Take care, pal. Cheers. Thank you for that. We can pick up on this again tomorrow. I'm out of time now. What makes you happy? Where's your happy place? Here we go. January 16th, 2002.
And it was 21 years ago today, 21 years later, uh, Red FM gets the key of the front door. Happy 21st birthday. Veronica Walsh is in Balafihan. Morning. Morning, Neil. Happy birthday. All right. Can, Everyone, you, can you remember all those years ago, 21 years ago today? Um, probably not. <laughs> You're like me then. Can't remember. Something I can't remember yesterday. I have struggles thinking about yesterday. <laughs> Okay, so for one of our presents, right, you need to give me to open the vending machine a letter between A and F. Okay, so we'll go for C. C and a number between one and four. Three. Kevin's standing next to the vending machine. So just remind him of that again. What did you go for? C3. C3, Kevin. Are you on board? C3, I'm getting distracted by the balloons trying to play keep you up with no, them here, Neil. I, I, One second. <laughs> Let me get C3. And C3 is oh a 100 euro gift voucher for Casey's Furniture. Oh my God. Well nice done. Thanks a million. Well done. A 100 euro voucher for Casey's. Enjoy it. Enjoy Fabulous. it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for being caller nine. Day, and everyone. thank you so much for listening. You too, Veronica. You Take go. care. Bye. And the giveaways continue right across the day today here on Red FM, celebrating 21st, 21 years, 21st birthday, 21 years on air. So stay listening. Phil Burke will pick it up after midday. Our lines will stay open on 0818104106. Text 0868104106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.